Terrace Talk. It's game week 14 in the Championship and welcome to Terrace Talk. We have some tasty Yorkshire derbies to kick off our podcast this week. Don't forget you can download and subscribe to all our content on Spotify and on YouTube. This is the only footballing podcast that brings all fans of the 24 Championship clubs together weekly to give their views on what's going on at their clubs and preview and review the games which have taken place this week. Delighted to kick off this week with a tasty Yorkshire derby as Leeds meet Huddersfield. Welcome, Ben. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm good. Yeah, there's a rumour that the Bamford's penalty is still sailing over the top of the Bet365 somewhere. Um, do you want to start there? I'd rather you didn't. But <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know why you, like they let him take it, to be honest. It was shocking, wasn't it? He's, he's missed a couple in the Premier League, didn't he? Arsenal and Newcastle, I, I think, as well. It, I mean, what it's is this? Is, is, is he trying to trying to do some sort of redemption? Or thinking I think on... he's trying to do it, but it's like, it, just stay away. It's not happening. Just let someone else take it. Let us go on and up and put the game to bed in a game that we didn't deserve to win anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a, funny, it's a funny old game. Let's talk about... Um, Norwich game first because uh, we nil down at, at half time. However, um, that could have been four two to you because Leeds were Leeds in this first half just couldn't put the chances away. Second half though, yeah. crikey, you continued the same thing. In fact, you found your chances and you you won out. Uh, nice comfortable winners at the end, three two with some cracking goals in there as well. What was your view of that? One word, Somerville. Yeah. What a player! Kids, twenty one. He's just going to get better and better, ain't he? Um, yeah, to be fair, I was like half time, I didn't want to watch anymore. It just felt like nothing was going to happen, but we got a bit of fortune with the first goal, and then after that, there was only one winner in the game. Yeah, well, Somerville gets the plaudits. Um, the ball out to him by Rutter was, was something else as well, wasn't it? And, and you've got a nice midfield there that's, that's pinging balls around nicely, haven't you? Thing is, with Rutter, I've said it over and over again that. I thought he was in the wrong position. And yet, Farker just continues to prove me wrong because he's just incredible. doesn't matter where he is on the pitch. He toys with players. He just You can see a young lad having fun, playing football and just playing with a smile on his face constantly. And he just enjoys it, doesn't he? He enjoys it. You can see it. It's, it's just amazing. It's great to watch. It really is. And just a word on, on, on games, if you would, as well, because I, I haven't watched a full game. Myself, you've watched every single one. You, you, know, you, you, you go to the but he seems to be getting quicker. Um, and he seems to be like the old Dan James from before. Is that is that correct? Or am I missing something from the highlights? Yeah. Um, something's happened since he's come back. Um, he said when he came back, from loan from Fulham that he wants to he, he wasn't even interested in jumping ship he wanted to prove a point and prove that he is a good player and I don't know whatever he's doing he's working hard and yeah he does look quicker um, it's not even that it's his final ball as you all know it's always his decision making that's been a problem and he just seems to yeah he does still get it wrong but he's making the right decision at times as well, which hence why he's got four or five assists as well. So yeah, yeah. He's looking a real threat. 
picking that Norwich game and, and everything that was good about it, how surprised were you at this team sheet, the starting team sheet at, at Stoke then? Um, mm-hmm. Dropping key players, changing a few things around. I mean, yes, Stoke were a different prospect to Norwich, but was is this one on the manager, this loss? Potentially. Uh, I mean, you could tell first half, we, we just wasn't there at all. Fair play to Stoke, they battered us. Uh, it could have been out of sight at half-time. Um, the changes came on and the tide did change again until that penalty mess. And then, obviously, the Stoke fans got up, they got their back up and we, we just didn't look like scoring. Yeah. I mean, look at that shot again. I noticed that Bamford played for that penalty. So rather than taking the shot on on his, on his weaker right foot, he, he just lets the ball roll and... Instead, mm. he's concentrated on leaving his legs where the defender is. He 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 plays for the penalty. It frustrates fans of well, you know pure fans of football. You're thinking, Craig, you know it's your weaker foot, but have a go. You know, just it's, it's I think he's position. one of them though. He's like, yeah, I, I know what you mean, but that's on the replays. Everything's slowed down. Yeah. In that split second, you want to take that chance, and depending where your balance is, you're not going to be able to take the snapshot or whatever. So I think it was probably looking at the position of where he was for the goal, it's probably right to go for his right foot because then you've got the bottom left corner. Uh, I mean, we got the penalty anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But it's 12 yards out. Come on, hit the target. Yeah. I did okay. that with my leg and I ain't even got one. Yeah. <laughs> so 70th minute against Huddersfield and you get a penalty this weekend. Who's taking it? Somerville. Okay. Ruta. Perot. Anyone but Bamford. Anyone. Anyone. <laughs> okay. Right. We'll look forward to the Huddersfield game with you in a second. Cheers for now, Ben. Cheers, bud. Against Cardiff and against QPI, you'd be thinking definitely four points out of that. You're kind of thinking these aren't games what you must win at the moment, but the kind of games what you mustn't lose. Um, went to QPI game. Fantastic for 15 minutes. 2-0 up. And then you just defended. It's like you just defended, and every ball what came into the box, it's like we'd never seen what a defense were. We'd never. So QPR get back into the game. Maybe you're thinking, oh my God, it's just what's happening. Then before you know it, be at the post, we have a great goal line clearance. And then you're thinking, Christ, from, from 2 0 up in 14 minutes and crossing game, you're lucky to come out with a win. You're unlucky not to draw, really, if you're a QPR fan. So, from a town perspective, everything doesn't seem to be going right at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange, it's a, it's a strange performance, wasn't it? And the QPR got better as you as you got as you as you got worse. But you saw the game out, and that was fine. And you can move on. You can accept, you know, sort of a bad performance as long as you get three points three points from it. But then. The way you, the way that Darren Moore set you up against against Cardiff on Tuesday, what did you think first of all to to the changes that were made, and what well, first what did you think to tactically how you were set up? From where I sit in the stadium, you can see like how it works out, and it was just glaringly obvious to anybody who was sat kind of in the height where I was sat that the wing backs were far too high. And Cardiff read into that really, really quickly. Just like, well, that ball's not getting to him. You just sit in front of him. And you, you play the back three and you're meant to play the wing backs. But 
Nakayama had just come back from international break um, for Japan, so it's fair trip around world. He's come back. It's his first proper start because he only came on as a sub against QPR. And then you're playing with Jadine Hemley, who's kind of a kid who's come through the ranks. And potentially it's the game where you're playing him against Cardiff. You know, you're coming through against a team like yourselves. But the tactics are just just not there. And they're just playing far too high. And Cardiff's just sat in. And then before you know it, I, to be honest, I were looking somewhere else when we scored goal, first one, because I was too busy telling some kids to sit down. Like, you're going to miss game. And then you're like, one nil down. Like, what, what's even happened? Then before you know it, sim- similar thing to against QPR. Ball comes into the box from a corner. You turn it down. Like, who's, it's like we just don't know what defending is. It's it's quite quite um, alarming, really, at the moment to think that we've gone from the one up football to this football with the same players. And it's just not right. It's just not working. Yeah, I mean, the, the first two goals for me, and dare I say the Warnock word, but it, it, it wouldn't have happened, I would have imagined under him, that there just doesn't seem to be offensive closeness. I mean, the, the back heel for the first goal, OK, yes, it ricochets and, and ends in the back of the net, but where's the defenders aren't close enough? And then the second one, no one tracking runners. It doesn't seem to be awareness of, of what's going on the pitch. And that seems very, very unlike Huddersfield from obviously the Warnock days, is there can't just be a change of coach. There must be something something more going on here. It, what can it be? You know, you, you're asking players, all, all any football fan wants is their players to do the best they can on the pitch. If you turn up against Leeds on Saturday and you play the best you can, you get well at 6-0. It is what it is. But when you're like, this is simple tracking back. This is stuff I tell my 12-year-old son to do. It's like, follow your runner. Do whatever it is what you're meant to be doing. But you just sat there going, where's the tactics? And sometimes Darren Moore's tactics have been, you've got three centre-backs who are right-footed, five midfielders who are left-footed, and two strikers who are right-footed. It might not seem much, but the balance to the team is just completely off because if you if you're trying to play right footer down right wing, who's left footed, ultimately want to cut inside. So if you're a defender of the other team, you're just like, well, he's going to cut in. So you just you just mark the zone. You don't mark the player. You just mark the area. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. And he's playing players out of position who wouldn't normally play in most positions. And I know we've got a threadbare squad and things like that. You don't want to pick up injuries. But there's times and there's games where you play those kind of games. And it's just not worked against QPR and against Cardiff. <clears throat> you would be expecting at least four to six points because those are the games you want to win at home. Yeah. And to get turned over by Cardiff, who scored a free kick from about 35 yards. I left after that. I was just like, it's 4 0 down. Miss, Miss Sun's ready for school in the morning. I'll be on by half past nine. And <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. You're just like, whoa. Yeah, who could blame you? From where I was at, tactically wise, when you can set a players, you've, you've got to manage for pitch. You've got to manage for players who you're playing against on the pitch. But the manager, you were 3-0 down at half-time, then he makes four substitutes. Like, you could tell at 2-0 down, it's not working. So maybe change one of those players, one or two of those players. But to then make four substitutes, 
Yeah, fair enough. Second half started a bit better, but I gave it 15 minutes and we conceded after 10. I'm like, right, kids are off. Well, <laughs> and that's it. it. Tactically wise, before Darren Moore came to town, all Sheffield Wednesday fans were saying, he's tactically inept. Good guy, good manager. Does he have that tactical awareness? And yeah, fair enough. You can say you need to play players out of position because of injuries and whatever else, suspension, but. You still have a bit of tactical announce about making sure that a basic four four two or three five two has right foot plays in the right position and left foot plays in left. You know, just yeah, I, I could just win you by it all day, but it just yeah. seems like <laughs> tactics. Tactics have definitely been the biggest drawback since Warnock's left. Okay. I get why they tried doing it with Warnock and why they followed that route, but at the moment. It's not working, and to have two back-to-back home games after an international break, and then a local derby on your doorstep, fifteen mile away, your preparation couldn't have been any better. If I mean, obviously, Leeds have had to go down to Norwich and Stoke, haven't they? And you know, and ultimately, you, as a as a fan of the opposite team, you're like, oh, we've had a Stoke away game, we've had a Norwich away day. Hopefully, we won't win. And and now you're sat there thinking, Christ, you're going to get battered. Yep. And that's all I'm bothered about on Saturday now. Okay, let's look ahead to this one and give a taste of this one. First of all, obviously, as a non-Huddersfield fan, uh, Mark, talk to us about this match. What does it mean for Huddersfield fans? Is it the first one you look for when the fixtures come out? Yeah, pretty much, because we we don't have anyone else local, apart from Sheffield Wednesday this season. Um it's always tasty. I went to school in Leeds and been a town fan growing up in Leeds and stuff like that. The amount of nonsense I got as a kid. Basically, town were rubbish back then and uh, Leeds were doing all right. So there's this friendly rivalry, friendly banter and all that kind of stuff. But that's where it's got to start and stop. Take Mick out of each other all week, say it on pitch, Sunday, just have a laugh and that's it. That's where it's got to start and stop. But... Yeah, um, I'm not looking forward to it too much. <laughs> um, Ben, uh, happy memories of playing Huddersfield? Uh, ish. <laughs> <laughs> Last few seasons that we've actually come up against each other haven't always been a happy stomping ground, but I can't see any different this weekend. It's, uh, yeah, they're in turmoil, aren't they? Let's be sorry to say. <laughs> shipping four against Cardiff oh, I'm looking forward to it okay. um, Team news Ben did you keep the same team and go back to the Norwich team we, we need to switch it I mean Anthony was terrible um, well, he's, he's a great player on his day but he just wasn't in the game at the weekend and I thought Nonto you can tell he's been injured for God knows how long because he, he was shocking as well get Somerville back get James back and Keep. I'll probably take Gray away from right back as well. As good as he is, he's only what a seventeen-year-old kid. He needs a rest. Put an actual right back in there. He's not a right back anyway. Um, go for get Aileen back in. Um, just, just go for the juggernaut. Let's let's embarrass him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, what team are you picking? Team changes. Oh, well, you just don't know what Darren Moore's going to do. 
And that's the problem. He's not settled on a on a settled eleven since since he's taken over. I think Town's first team, if you want to call it, like first eleven players, might do some up for seventy minutes. But it's all about the bench. All about the bench. We haven't got that strength what Leeds are gonna have off the bench. You know, even if you put Archie Gray on the bench or if you leave Somerville on the bench and stuff like that. I've seen Somerville this season play for Leeds and he is a quality, quality player. Unbelievable, and, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's kind of, it might sound weird, but what's going to help Town this seat on Saturday, if they can frustrate Leeds, is Leeds as fans. Because Leeds will be going into that game on Saturday thinking we should be rolling Town over. And ultimately, they should do. Because we're just not good enough. For some reason, mentality has just gone out of the team at the moment. But if you can frustrate Leeds United to 70 minutes and don't concede those silly, sloppy goals, what we've been conceding and things like that, and you get a Bamford who misses a sitter or whatever and, you know, those passes out working and stuff, those, <laughs> those Leeds fans, where will be sat on Leeds' shoulders going, what the hell's going on? And frustration will be in the stadium. So if you can frustrate the team, you'll frustrate the fans, which will get on the team's back because that's just what we do, really. But... I can't see it lasting to half an hour. I think if if some of all starts and none of starts, even if none of not being great, I can earn it, I can see it being one way traffic. And I think any town fan in any podcast this week will be saying after that Cardiff game, I can't see it going any other way. And especially since Leeds have lost away yesterday, the frustration for the players will be like, right, team yeah. in bottom four here, go for it. But I have yeah. seen Leeds against Sheffield Wednesday this season and Sheffield Wednesday just frustrated them for 90 minutes and maybe we could be that other team who just go up in blue and white stripes and frustrate them. Yeah, yeah beware the wounded animal. Let's get score predictions. Thank you, Mark. Uh, ben, you go first. Leeds against Huddersfield. Oh, I'm four or five. <laughs> <laughs> no, normally, I'm kind of like in between, but now I'm four or five this week. All right. No, <laughs> you know, on this podcast, people always tend to give the opposition at least one just out of kindness. But I love how cutthroat you're being. Yeah, four or five nil. All right, Mark. What can you? What can you? What's the best you can hope for? Well, after the Cardiff game, I thought I was like, actually, we're, we're going to get a proper beating. And then after seeing how frustrated Leeds got with Stoke last night, I reckon it, we might get one. But I think I think Leeds will come out comfortable winners of like three or four. Yeah. Four. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, both enjoy. Which hurts my soul to see. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but that's where we are. You've got to be realistic. And I just don't think town are anywhere near good enough. And I think if Leeds Leeds United turn up, who we know can turn up, it's gonna be a long day. All I know is I'm just glad it kicks off at twelve thirty on Saturday so I don't have to watch. We're in my yeah. for rest of the <laughs> Yeah, you've still got half a Saturday to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you both. We'll catch you with you next week and uh, see uh, see how you're both done. Um, cheers for now. Enjoy the game. And cheers for joining cheers, us. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Good luck, Ben. Cheers. cheers the most argumentative footballing podcast. Okay, if you look up the definition of six-pointer, then you will see in the dictionary Sheffield Wednesday against Rotherham uh, this weekend. Uh, good evening, Andrew. Let's preview it. How are you? 
Well, how do you think, Liam? Since we last spoke, we've had two matches, no goals, no points, and we stayed bottom of the league with three points. How do you think I'm feeling? Elated? <laughs> um, we'll come on. We'll come on to that. Um, I mean, okay, well, let's go to it, get into it straight away. Have you seen any improvement? Well, what we will say is that we, obviously we've got Danny Roller as manager. Who we're going to need for the whole of the season is Harry Houdini, really. But um, in Danny Roll's, um, you know sort of praise for him, that the fans have taken to him, actually. First of all, we've seen more commitment. Um, the players have seemed to be playing more confidently with him. We've started off matches very well, um, and there's passion there as well. So I can say, compared to what we saw with previously with Cisco, this is far more positive, and it's, hopefully it's going to rub up on the players. But you've still got to deliver the goods. It's early days, and we did have two away matches to contend with there. Though we yeah. did think we'd get points to them. But I must admit, in both games, the way the games both started, I, we, we all fans watching the games thought we had every chance of winning them, and Absolutely. in the end, end up losing them purely because of not being able to score goals. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to the Plymouth game in a minute, which, like you said, started really, really well. The, the Watford game was a strange one, wasn't it? Because it, it, it kind of turned, it kind of turned, I suppose, with the disallowed disallowed goal. Penalty. What was your, what was your view? Penalty. Disallowed, disallowed penalty. So, what was your view on that? Well, everyone was saying that it was a penalty. How can a linesman <laughs> overturn the decision? Obviously, the fans were up in arms, weren't very happy with that whatsoever. Um, it, I'd say that that was crucial at that time because we've gone one up. It's what we need. We need that confidence booster. We need that lead. We need that goal somewhere, <clears throat> anywhere. But um, it didn't happen. And then, of course, typically again, and it's happened even in the days when Cisco was manager, we lose the game very late on. I think it's about the fourth or fifth time we've lost the match inside the last sort of eight or nine minutes, and it's just annoying when that happens because you know. You think, well, yeah, is that what, fitness? What? Is that fitness concentration, or just a lack of confidence running through the team, or a combination? Well, I think it's just yeah. It, it took a good goal to to beat us. Like yeah. some people saying, perhaps the goal we would have saved it, but the guy cut inside he, and he, he shot well, and um, keepers couldn't quite get to it. Though Cameron Dawson did keep his place for the game at Plymouth. So even though Vasquez, actually, in fairness, is probably the best player that we've had brought in from Spain by um, the previous manager. So um, some people have been a bit surprised he was replaced by Dawson. But Dawson was a good goalkeeper last season. Of course, he was in goal and we're having that great run. You know, it's, 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 what a contrast. Now, last season, we went 23 matches unbeaten. 23 matches. And this season so far, 15 matches, not a single win. Yeah. What a contrast. And, and I suppose it, it's more difficult to watch when you when you go to Plymouth because although they're not you know pulling up many trees, they're, of course, in a much more comfortable position. And, of course, your old arch enemy from, from last season as well. At home park, the, from from listening to to the commentary, um, it sounded like Wednesday were on top. Well, so again, we started top very well. Score. Yeah, of course, we started very well. You know, you look at the actual facts there, the matches. Um, we had even at Watford. We don't think with the away team, we're bottom of the league. At Watford, they had twelve shots, we had ten shots, and and they had three on target, we had two on target, so nothing in it. And at Plymouth, we both had thirteen shots each. Um, and they had six, okay, on target. We only had two on target, but obviously three of those went in the back of the net for them. But we had seven corners to their one corner. So we went down there and, and gave, them, gave them a good go. And we were attacking, but just couldn't score. Where are the goals coming from? This is the question at the moment. Um, the um, theme this, this weekend, then, is, um, is absolutely crucial. Um, what changes do you make to the side that you've seen starting the Watford and Plymouth games, if any? Well, I'm hopeful. Obviously, we, we've tried the Patterson and uh, Windass up front. And then this, this weekend, just gone, we had uh, Gregory and Windass up front. Now, Windass is capable of scoring goals. He went close with a header just over the bar. If that had gone in, it could have been a different story as well at Plymouth. Um, and also, there was a dubious free kick, which gave, which gave him their first goal anyway. And then schoolboy errors for the last couple of goals. And he said, cut out the schoolboy errors for sure at the back. 
some ridiculous defensive mistakes. But um, we just got to find the way of scoring goals. You know, I was there going back a long time, 1979-80, probably before our Rotherham fan was born, when Wednesday thrashed Rotherham 5-0 at Hillsborough. Uh, and, and a guy called Andy McCulloch scored a hat-trick for us. And Terry Curran was scoring. How we could those sort of players, you know, finishers in our team right now. But for Rotherham, you know, for them, and it's really frustrating they got their win against Coventry because they've now found their sort of metal just before they play us and their tails will be up. I was hoping they'd lose again so at least, you know, they'd be in the same boat as us really, but now they've got a bit of confidence. But for them, again, this is their Yorkshire Cup final. Let's face it, they go to Hillsborough, you know, no disrespect to Rotherham, but they know this, this Wednesday are massive. Rotherham, you know, by comparison, our small fry. It's like if you like. It's a bit like comparing Arsenal with Leighton Orient in London. You know that says historically, fan base wise, stadium wise. You know we all know it. I'm not sort of like rubbing salt in Rotherham's wounds because they come to Hillsborough and trust me, they treat it as a cup final. They've won at our ground and deservedly so a few times. So you know they're going to raise their game, but you know, for now we've actually got to raise our game, even though we're at home. And strangely enough, the bookmakers actually make us eleven to ten on favourites to win this match. Don't know where they get that from. They realise we've won all season. Yeah, not been watching the last uh, thirteen games, clearly. All right, Andrew, pause there. We will bring in uh, we'll bring in Reese and get his thoughts on what you've just said in a second. Thank you very much. Wait there. Yeah. Okay, what a different what a difference seven days in football makes for Rotherham. Storm about wiped out the Ipswich game, but crikey, there was a storm coming, wasn't there, against the other day against Coventry? Talk to us about it, Reese. How are you? Happier man than last week, I imagine. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> it was just a, to be fair. It just seemed like a completely different uh, team. Uh, they just seemed to. It took him. It took him a little while from to to get going at the start, but um, they got the stride. And yeah, it just it was just a fantastic game all round. To be fair, the the opposite team they they did they played really well. It's just that it, just the passing was on. You know, the the corners were the, were there for us. You know, what I mean, the decisions were there for us. It's, and the two goals were you know were were top notch. Yeah, Peltier deserved that, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's Mr. Consistent for you, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, <clears throat> the, uh, from the corner from Kofu, you know, it, it was on target. Yeah, I mean, his his range of passing is, is is something to behold, isn't it? I mean, he doesn't get highlighted a lot because I'm guessing it's, you know, it, no disrespect to his problem, but crikey, he's, he's a player, isn't he? Oh yeah, I mean, even watching him, I mean, yesterday, um, you know, even his little touches, he's got, he just, he just got that, he's got that football brain where he knows where everyone is or where the where the ball needs to be. Uh, you could, just, you can just see it when you're watching him play. It's just, he's, he's got that, he's got, he's got, you know, that something special about him. And um, obviously, watching him all play, I mean, the, the the sub from the last minute where Kelly came on, you know, and it was a chest from Kelly into Rathbone and and that that goal where he just he just shot straight through the net, he just kind of put the nail in the coffin for us, you know, so. And they and the fans just went wild, you know. Yeah, even the, the commentary fan we spoke to said Rotherham played very, very well. So that gives you confidence then for for this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think what well, the worry when we were first, you know, when we were first going into the you know into the uh, New York Stadium, where well, you know I think we needed that win to get that get the players that confidence as well, because obviously we were quite similar to where obviously we come up to Wednesdays where we were quite similar on points as well. So we're going to be. We know it's going to be a gritty game anyway. Um, so it's just we've got that bit of a confidence now. I think going going forward, where we know we can play like that, we know we can play on a better, you know, better performance than we have been. So, and, and this set of fixtures is is now where we see whether Rotherham are going to be hanging on in there, isn't it? Because Wednesday, then QPR, and then Watford. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> it's make or break, isn't it? 
Yeah, so I think obviously um, last night's points just put us above, just be, just above a bit of a, of a QPR there. But it's just a matter of all the three bottom bottom teams at the moment. They're all they're all fighting for this now. So it's like a it is a definitely lions fight in the cage. I think for us all. Yeah, so, yeah. you're going to want to drag Huddersfield into it, aren't you? I'd imagine as well. Um, okay, Reese, how do you respond then to Andrew claiming that this is your uh, <laughs> this this is your cup <laughs> final? Disagree. <laughs> Uh, well, I think obviously because it's just one of them where it's always because it's been the you know rival teams for some for so long. You know what I mean? It's just I think they're just trying to grip at straws in the moment with the low points that they've got. You know what I mean? So we've we've come back fighting. We've got the points that we we can prove we can play that well. It's just it's just to prove that they can they need to do what they need to do, which we don't think they can. So yeah, I mean, is is it a case that when when you when the fixtures come out in in June, do Rotherham fans look for this fixture, or is or is or is it is it is it Leeds, or what's the fixture you look for first? Uh, I mean, to be fair, you know, any any South Yorkshire team is always good to you know good to play against. I'd say, uh, I think Sheffield Wednesday has always been that 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 rivalry of the Blues versus the Reds type thing. You know what I mean? So it's as long as you know, as long as it's not a red red blue colour for us, uh, we know we're happy to we have to play quite happily against them. But it'll be a, it'll be definitely a gritty gritty game, I think. Um, obviously, we know that Wednesday's is desperate for them points. So, <clears throat> but if rather than play as well as we are doing, I don't think we'll be having much of a problem. All right, um, it's going to be noisy, isn't it, Hillsborough? Um, when this game comes around, Andrew, I mean, crikey, they're following to Plymouth on a midweek game was again just credit. To your, your fans, I mean, yeah. amazing. Always had, always had a mass following, as, as our Rotherham friend there knows. Who I've been there <laughs> enough times, and you know, Wednesday are are massive. That's why I was comparing us with Arsenal earlier. You know, obviously, football when I grew up as a kid, it was a sport, not a business. It's changed a lot the last 25, 30 years since we played Arsenal in both those cup finals. But Wednesday's following and status remains massive, and we're just a sleeping giant waiting to get back to where we should be. And we twice went so close to doing that back in 2016 and 2017, just missing out each time. But um, no, we've now got to avoid going down to that third tier, but it is going to be Houdini-type escape of this situation. I, I've got to admire Danny Rod who can do it. When you think, you just look back at how quick you can amass points. Just six games ago, we were joint bottom with a team called Middlesbrough. We both had 10, two points each, and then we drew 1-1 at Hillsborough. Good game, which could have gone either way, but we almost beat them there. And since then, they've won six on the spin. 18 points, thank you very much. Up there, near the top of the table, thinking about playoffs themselves. That's all it takes. Say it's an easy phrase to say. That's all it takes. But you start a winning streak off, and then away you go. Yeah, Simple especially yeah. yeah, the championship is so bunched up in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, so they say four wins, and you're yeah, you're heading playoffs. Okay, let's get some predictions then. Um, Andrew, we'll come to you first as the home side. Sheffield Wednesday against Rotherham. What are you going with? Well, you know. <laughs> I've got to have head over heart here, but I, I've, I've got to think that we surely, surely we're going to find a win somewhere. And I'm sorry, mate, but this is it. If we don't win this week, trust me, Mark, next week I won't be predicting us to win. And from there, from there onwards, I won't ever predict us to win until we do win. So I'll be, I'll be predicting draws. I won't predict any loss. I don't predict us to lose anywhere. I'll draw every time if we don't win this time. So this time I'm going to go for the win and I'm going to say we're going to win 2-0. 2 nil to Sheffield oh. Wednesday. Get in there. <laughs> All right, Reese. <laughs> fighting talk. Let's, uh, let's see what you think. Yeah, indeed. I think to be fair, I think uh, I think Wednesday will get a goal in, but I think he'll end up as two one. I think Rotherham, uh, like I said, they're on they're on the track now. They've got the feet. They've found they found where they need to go now. They've got that. They've got that. You know, we've won. We've won a really good team. So yeah, unfortunately, we'll have to rock up to the 
to the outdated stadium to watch them play, unfortunately. But <laughs> we'll uh, we'll definitely get a win there. Well, I'd say enjoy the game, but these sort of games are never enjoyable, are they, for any side? Anyway, thank you for coming and sharing your views. We'll catch up with you both next week. Um, hope it's not a nil-nil. <laughs> At least one of you, one of you comes out. We need smiling. a goal. We need a goal. Anywhere. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, folks. Thank you very much. Catch up with you next week. Cheers. 24 of the nation's most dedicated fans. Terrace Talk. Follow on X and Facebook. Right, good evening, James. Let's talk all things Cardiff. Um, James, Cardiff are in seventh. Just, okay, explain. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're still quite early into the championship season. A quarter of it has just gone now. Um, you know, as it is in the championship, two, three wins can game into the top half table. Three losses can game in the bottom half. So, but anything um, compared, compared to that. Uh, Last season, it's all right. Yeah. Must be pinching yourself though, because you, you've you've battled, you've been in a few relegation battles over your last couple of years. So it's must be nice looking at the table as a Cardiff fan for once and seeing yourself. Just, I mean, you're only outside the playoffs on one goal, aren't you? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, I think at the start of this season or a couple of weeks ago, you did ask me where realistic you. Realistically, do you think Cardiff can finish this season? And I did say to you, we won't be in a relegation battle this season. There's absolutely no way. I just think that um, some of the quality we've brought in now and the depth that we're showing is good enough to sort of maintain our championship status for at least another season or two now. Um, you know, some of the teams down towards the bottom have been really poor this season. And I think that um, the gap that we've created in the sort of first 12, 13 games has really shown now. Okay. Let's turn the clock back then. Last week we were talking to you about the, the Blackburn game. We'll we'll start with that before we, we go on to your dancing on the terraces of the John Smith Stadium <laughs> on, on, on Tuesday. Let's go back to the Blackburn game. Um, as an Everton fan, I don't like talking about referees this week because um, they're having a shocking week as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. Bobby Madley won't be getting many Christmas cards from, from Cardiff fans, will he, from that Blackburn game? No, I mean, the thing is, with that Blackburn game, we did um, have our chances to score. Um, obviously, we had the one goal in the back of the net, Gutas with another header. Um, it was obviously ruled offside. I think Grant was stood sort of on the line, blocking the keeper. But to be fair, the Blackburn defender was sort of in line with him too. So, I, you know, it is one of them. Um, they, we scored a goal at Ipswich a couple of weeks before that, and that was quite similar. That was given, so... Yeah, well, you know what these referees are like these days, too inconsistent. And just to make it um, even better, we got the referee now this weekend, the one that disallowed the Liverpool goal in the Tottenham game. So, yeah, brilliant, eh? <laughs> not talking about referees. Um, Blackburn were the better team, though, is it fair? Um, to be honest, they were probably better team just about but I feel that we had enough chances and enough of the ball to potentially get a point out of it obviously we never that's football that's how it works but uh, we you know we created enough there to sort of warrant something but didn't get it Alright you know you're dying to talk about it so let's, let's talk about Huddersfield then obviously you were there yeah. um, with uh, 400 other Cardiff fans which is a, you know, a fair trek on a Tuesday night so credit to you Um Put it have been six? 
Ah, oh, it could have been seven or eight, to be honest. I mean, ah, oh, some of the chances we had, yeah. Um, well, we scored like after the first minute or two, and we'd be two 0 up after ten minutes. And normally, when we go two 0 up, it ends two two, as you probably know. But uh, no, it was a different story this week, and uh, yeah, we kicked on, went three 0 up before half time. Sort of come out a bit slow in the second half, probably. Um, but then obviously we scored the uh, fourth one, Perry NG, unbelievable free kick and got a track record of uh, scoring some nice free kicks up uh, in the these away games. So yeah, 4-0 could have been five or six, maybe even more, but we take them, especially, I think any away win like that in the championship is uh, decent, especially on a Tuesday night at the Huddersfield as well. Yeah, he's, he's certainly been watching that. I think it's a superb free kick, Perry uh, Um Talk me through uh, Bowler being back and, and Maite as well. What, what difference did they make? Yeah, so Matete, he's sort of, yeah, he's a very physical player. Um, yeah, you know, he's, he holds the ball up while he puts himself about. Um, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's got his goal now. He, He's deserved. He's worked hard, and um, again with Callum Robinson coming back into the team now, um, you know, Aero Bullets had a good uh, word with him, and you know, I, the qualities there. And he's a, he's a very good uh, championship player, to be honest. He can um, play in the sort of centre attack and mid position, and he he will do a lot of work for some teams in this uh, division. Okay, we'll preview the Bristol game in a second. Just pause there. Hey, some mixed results in for Bristol in the last couple of games. It was a win against Coventry and a loss against Ipswich, which who isn't losing at Ipswich at the moment. Let's talk to Rob and see what the views on the terraces are about those two performances. Good evening, Rob. You okay? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. Let's review yeah. then the last seven days for your team then. Um, Coventry game, Coventry are not, not a shabby side, so that is a pretty good win, wasn't it, at the weekend? Yeah, it was It was good, to be fair. Um, we sort of had to tough out a little bit. Uh, Coventry were the better side, to be fair to them. Um, they they kept the ball better than what we did. Uh, it looked like it was going to be one of those days. And then set piece, we don't normally score from set pieces. So it was nice to get one for Rob Dickey for his first goal for the club. <laughs> and a home win as well, which I haven't, I haven't been I haven't been too many of them this 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 season. No, we, we've struggled at home. We, um, we're set up a lot better to play away from home. Uh, we play with a lot of pace. Um, so, yeah, we are better away from home than uh, what we are there. So we just need to sort of step it up, um, in, improve at home, get the crowd behind us, and we should we should sort of kick on and um, start picking up some points, to be honest. OK. Let's go forward to Tuesday this week um, when you played Ipswich. Confidence must have been high coming off that. And, I mean, Ipswich were fantastic in the first half, weren't you? But is it... Is it- True that in the second half you you, you more more than matched them and could have equalised from what from what I've understand from the uh, from the highlights. Yeah, to be honest, it was a funny game because the first sort of ten minutes or so we looked like we were the better team. Um, we kept the ball quite well. We were quick in possession, and all of a sudden that sort of faded away. Ipswich come into the game, and you can see the quality they've got. They they've got some fantastic players. Um, Morsi in the middle, Luongo, they kept the ball really well. Um, the two fullbacks, Brandon Williams and Leif Davis, they they kept bombing on. Um, but they they just play out from the back. They they keep the ball. They're well drilled, and we just couldn't get near them for that first half. Uh, the goal was a little bit sloppy. Didn't close down like uh, the forward. Um, 
the keeper probably should do a little bit better. Um, but he's pulled off some great saves to keep us in the game. And then, really speaking, we should have should have found an equaliser. Cornick hit the post, and then it sort of uh, dribbled along along the goal line. Rolled so, along the line, yeah, yeah, along the line, yeah. It's one yeah. of those. Just on Cornick, we we talked a lot this time about Conway and, and his merits. But is, is Cornick pushing now to, to start over him? Not for me personally. Um, He's been a very frustrating player for us, to be honest. Um, he's, I don't, I don't think he's a striker, but I don't think he's a wide man either. Um, but he put, he puts the work in. Um, and to be fair, every time he comes off the bench, he makes an impact. But when he starts, I don't think we have the same impact. Okay, and you've got a couple of games after this one now against teams right at the bottom. You got Sheffield Wednesday and, and QPR, so you are in that pack. You're only two points away from. In the playoffs position, so this is the chance, isn't it? That with this game coming up against Cardiff and then and two winnable games, this could be you in the playoffs, can it? By international break, fingers crossed. Um, I mean, that they're, they're all going to be difficult games, you never get an easy game in the championship. Um, Car- Cardiff away, we're, we're really thin on the ground as well. We've got potentially 10 injuries going into the Cardiff game. Um, we, we picked up two more knocks on uh last night. Andy King um, filling at centre-half and Hayden Roberts, who come on, uh, had to go off. So, potentially at the moment, we could be going into the Cardiff game with just Rob Dickey and Cameron Pringers, our two fits like defenders. But, you know, we've won three of the last four away games at Cardiff. So, confidence is there. We know that we're capable of doing it. And then if we can if we can win the uh, games against QPR and Sheffield Wednesday, we've got a real chance. Okay, let's preview this game that is to come this weekend. Then, James, just talk about a little bit of the animosity, if there is any, between these two, between these two sides. Obviously, you both hate Swansea equally. Um, but what is the uh, what is the history? What is the rivalry between Cardiff and Bristol City? Um, to be honest, it's just obviously Wales England, but it's just the closest Wales England game you can probably get. To be fair, so that's probably it. Uh, Seven side derby. Um, yeah, that's just all there is. Uh, you know, when when we go to these games, it's all chanting about sort of, you know, England and sort of, and then they chant about Wales, and it, it is what it is. It's all good fun, though. Okay. Rob, good memories of, of Cardiff or not? Yeah, got some good ones, to be fair. Um, like I said earlier, we won three of the last four games down at Cardiff, so, like, recent memories are really good, but to be fair, there's been some bad ones at the same time. <laughs> This is a bit of a different Cardiff side, isn't it? Yeah, because um, they're not, not playing badly. No, they're a good side, to be fair. Um, it's not going to be easy at all. Like we, we have to go in there with a positive game plan. Um, we're set up really well away from home, so I'd like to think with the pace that we've got, if we can get a couple of these players that are sort of on the sidelines back fit for the game, hopefully we've got a good chance. Okay. All right, it's got nil-nil for me on it. Let's see if you can be any more positive. James, your predictions for Cardiff have been uh, relatively spot on. Um, but even you could have predicted the Huddersfield results. So, no. <laughs> um, what, do you, what do you reckon, Cardiff, Bristol City? Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 for Cardiff win. Um, I think we got, uh, obviously, a few decent players that all attack the Bristol back line. Obviously, the main one being Ollie Tanner um, and sort of Robinson coming back in now. Oh, and same for you then, Rob. What are you going with? 2-1 away win. It has to be. 
Um, to, to be fair, we, we, we're capable of scoring goals, but we're we're a little bit shaky at the back. So there, there will definitely be goals, in my opinion. OK. Well, it's going to be classic. I'm sure whatever happens. Enjoy the both game, both of you. I think you for joining us. And we'll catch up with you uh, next week. To uh, You're away at Stoke next week, James, which is... Uh, Gonna be a classic, isn't it? As well. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I was, I was uh, hoping Ramsey will be back for that one, but I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't think Ramsey will sit that one out, given his history. <laughs> <laughs> history the best All right. Thank you both. See you next week. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Enjoy. mate. Take care. Thanks, Matt. Terrace talk. It's Southampton against Wayne Rooney's Birmingham this weekend. Let's catch up with uh, our resident St. Joe. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm very well, thank you, actually. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. Um let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the hall game, first of all. I'm sure... <laughs> we well, joked last week about is my prediction was right. Two one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um I mean if you're gonna win a game two one, then uh, especially away from home when you've travelled so far, um, that's probably the best way to win it, would I say? Oh yes. Yes, definitely. And I mean, what a substitution Ryan Fraser coming on, like absolutely sublime. Like, yes, he's had his attitude problems at various other clubs, but he's come in and he's shown a real fight and want to come in and actually improve this team. So, yeah. The um, confidence then going into the, uh, the Preston game, this week um, must have been high and again you were 2-1 down this time um, yeah. for me escaped a very dodgy penalty call um, oh yeah a- and, and me yeah thank thank, thank god that VAR is, is not in the championship because <laughs> there have been a few dodgy decisions that have been favourable to us this season so far <laughs> yeah so the penalty's not given um, and then once again, especially you could probably see it coming, I'm guessing. Um, you can equalize through that game because that, I suppose it could have gone either way, but um, happy with the draw, yes. Because Preston are a is, a is a tricky away day to do, and there was rotation. Um, I thought James Bree was, was okay, he had a few shaky moments, but. It was it was all right. Um, Holgate coming in, he was he was he looked decent, better than the last couple of games we've seen him. Um, yeah, so hopefully back to full strength for for Birmingham at home, and yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, I mean, we've got the international break coming up in a couple of weeks. So before that, you, you play a, a, a sort of shaky Birmingham Birmingham side. Millwall, and then you've got a home game against against West Brom, and we're looking at teams now that can try and make this league interesting um, by trying at least to march an attempt on that on that on that summit. With those three games that we've just gone through, is it possible that Southampton could be the team that tries to catch at least one of them? I I would like to think so. That is a I would like to say favourable. But Southampton are, are known for the dodgy result every now and then. So I I would like on, on paper I would like to think so, but it's it's just a hope and see, really. Okay. Uh news for this weekend um injuries, starters. Um I think Harwood Bellis was rested midweek, so he's he's hopefully gonna be a starter. 
um, on Saturday. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters coming back in, well, staying, keeping his right position in place. Um, Ryan Manning coming back in, not that I would be too keen on that. I would much rather someone else come in, but hey. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, back to full strength. Alcaraz coming in in the midfield, Armstrong in. Well, give me a second for a score prediction. Thank you, Joe. Let's bring in um, Adam, our Birmingham expert. Thank you, Joe, for a minute. Adam, we spoke last week about the Wayne Rooney impact and you were full of positivity. You shunned all these naysayers that said it was a terrible decision and it shouldn't. You know, you were all for it. Um, how are you this week? Um, listen, it's two games in. Um, I know it hasn't started great and uh, couldn't have done any worse, but I only predicted one win out of his first five games because I thought the fixtures were tough. So I actually predicted it to be Hull as well. So that was... <laughs> um, so listen, he's trying to change too much too soon, but I think he's learned that now. We ain't got the players to do what he wants us to do, um, but he's he's got what he's got at the minute. Let's go back to the Middlesbrough game, then, the one we were we were looking at last last week. Um... Yeah, really, really did really well there. It could have been, could have been a lot worse than what it was. The, the interesting point I think from his team selection was that was the selection of Hogan, which is um, down well with fans. Certainly, what I read on, on in forums. What was your view of how Rooney set up that team and his team selection for the Middlesbrough game? Uh, I, I think I mentioned it before we kicked off. I, we'd lost before we kicked off that game. I mean, he started Hogan up top. That was. I don't know how he gets in that squad every week. Um, and then he also put Gary Gardner in midfield that hasn't started a game for probably around two years. I mean, set us up in a new formation. It was never against a very good side. It was never yeah. going to go well. Yeah, because the key to season so far has been Sanderson long, isn't it? Uh, we're really kind of tight in the centre. And the players just seem to get a bit lost uh, in the games that you've seen so far, is it? Like you said, it's early days, isn't it? But are you worried? Not worried yet. Yeah. It's 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 too early. You can see what he's trying to do. We're trying to play out from the back. Unfortunately, some of these players they're not they can't they can't do it when they've got the ball the ball at their feet. They just look lost. Long's brilliant at being a defender that will clear the clear the lines and head everything out. But put him standing on his own 18-yard box with the ball at his feet. He's struggling. Same with Ruddy. I mean, Ruddy can't kick kick a ball to save his life. Brilliant shot stopper. But and I think Rooney's I think Rooney's looked at that now and thought, yeah, I've messed up the first two games here. He's going to need a transfer window or two to get players in that can do what he wants to do. So don't write him off just yet. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. It's just Wayne Rooney. It's a legend. <laughs> You'll never hear me talk about um, What... Um, what happened with Hull then? Because um, you had your chances in that, in that, in that game, didn't you? But was there something wrong with the press? It doesn't seem to be, they seem to be pressing all at the same time. There's either some of them doing it, some of them aren't. If yeah, it's just, it just, it looks so mismatched. It really did. We just never pressed them. Only one or two would press at a time. And then, like I say, we, the goalkeeper would pass it out to one of the centre halves. And the centre halves would do three or four passes backwards and forwards between each other on the 18 yard box. And before you know it, they had Hull in their face and they were robbing the ball off us. It just it it just didn't work. And like I say, I think that's down to the players. You really can't be blamed for that. I know he's telling them to do it, but 
He's trying us to play football, which I, I like to see. I don't want to see us keep just hoofing the ball at the pitch. We've done that for seasons. I'm sick of that football. We won't ask you whether this is Zola Mark II um, every week, but permit me to ask it this week. Is this Zola Mark II? No, no. I'm going to stay with no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss Rooney like that just yet. <laughs> Right, let's bring in uh, Southampton away then uh, this weekend, which is uh, probably not a ground you want to go to, especially with how they're playing. Let's bring in Joe and find out a little bit more. Thank you, Adam, for now. Okay, Southampton, Birmingham then. Um, Joe, what's your thoughts on this one? My my head is saying 1-0 Birmingham. My heart is saying 2-0 Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> it, we always we always have a we always have a dodgy result in us and there's just that lingering feeling in the back of my head that it, it could be it could be this one. I don't know. <laughs> um Adam, based on what you've seen the last two games, um what do you say Southampton Birmingham's gonna end up? I wouldn't fancy us at Southampton anyway, regardless of the last two games. Um, so I'll probably I'll probably be lucky and take a two 0 loss. I think I think we'll we'll take that now. <laughs> I think because the last two games have been atrocious. There's no need to be so pessimistic, Adam. It's 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 worn you out. It's worn you out of it. Three it's our backers to win every week and we lose. <laughs> you're a cocky, smiling brummy who is going to confidently batter West Brom, and here you are now. I know. Yeah, it's the only one I got right. <laughs> Right. Cheers, fellas. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll cheers, okay. next week. Sorry. With you. All right. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Sunderland against Norwich sees a battle of the most depressed fans in the country against another set of depressed fans in the country. Uh, let's speak to Sunderland first. Good evening, Jack. Um, I've seen from Facebook posts that you travelled across to Stoke and you travelled uh Leicester. Let's review that's okay for both games. Um let's go Stoke first of all. What was your view on how your boys did there? Uh you hit the nail on the head to be honest with you. Yeah. We didn't play very well at all, couldn't really get our first gear, barely string any passes together. Again, I feel like I'm doing this every time now, and I'll probably I'll do it again when we talk about Leicester, but a terrible referee decision that Probably wouldn't have been Stoke's first goal stand with Ryan Mai sticking his arm out, but I'm not sure how that doesn't give you an advantage. Um, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it was all on the referee because we didn't play very well at all. We didn't warrant a win, we got bullied. Maybe that was the absence of Dan Nail in the middle, it's a bit of a hole in the midfield, as I touched on last week. But yeah, really, really poor performance, and there's definitely one. I mean, uh, we'll do this bit now rather than when we get to Leicester because Leicester's a Less is a very different game for everyone, isn't it? But to what extent do you think people have or t- other teams have sussed out Sunderland now? Um, it's a good question. I think what the worry is this season is a little bit. If you manage to stop that Jack Clark, you stop Sunderland's system completely because he is right now our main and pretty much only source of goals. I mean, we've scored one in our last three now, and he was the goal scorer. Um. So the worry is we're coming a little bit over on them. You're starting to see the defenders doubling up on them, tripling up on them, which makes it obviously so much more difficult. And there's a lack of end product due to that. I mean, 
Patrick Roberts a glorious footballer. You know, he could dribble past people for days, but it seems like when it comes to end product, he hasn't really got it there. Mm-hmm. Um, still no goal from a striker. So, yeah, I think we could be starting to see that. That sounds stupid, but I, I did read it in, in some forums that um, Clark and Roberts swap wings mid-game. Against Leicester or Stoke? Well, just, just generally. I mean, it, see, it seems very one-dimensional. It seems very very predictable what Sunderland are doing. And although you played three good teams in, in Middlesbrough, well, Leicester and a resurgent Stoke. So those three losses, OK, on paper, they look like three losses, but... You know, you've, you've you've come up you've come up against some teams just at the wrong time, haven't you? Um, but is it time to mix it up a little bit more than, than what he's doing? Um, are Sunderland too predictable to play against? Possibly, I think. Obviously, there's no way you drop Clark from where he's playing because he's playing out of his skin. Roberts obviously is certain. You feel like he could have some competition now with Abdullah Bar, who's performed on the right hand side himself. So. You worry about that. I mean, the striker situation. Bestow is getting a lot of flack, and I think it's quite unfair. He hasn't had a great deal of how he's supposed to put the ball in the net if you don't get the chances to. His hold up play, his link up play is good. I like it. Maybe it's time to give someone like Rusin a bit, a chance, maybe a chance to start. He's looked quite good when he's come on, but I'm not really sure what else you could do. Like I like the dynamic we've got. It just and it it does work. We've we've seen it work over the past season. Um, but yeah, something's just not clicking right at the moment. Okay. Let's talk about the Leicester game then, because um, whilst the refereeing decision at Stoke was, you could see it, that's given either way. This was a bad one, wasn't it? That was uh, that was a penalty. Yeah, but, I mean, where I was, um, I was like, he pointed to a corner, I didn't have any complaints. I was like, fair enough, it looked fine. But then you start to see players run over and shout, and then you see it after, and it's just how neither the referee nor the lineman can see that he's got absolutely none of the ball is it's the most stonewall penalty you'll ever see. So it's just frustrating as well because as much as I said we played awful against Stoke, we played brilliantly against Leicester. I was so proud of our performance, you know. If you play like that against Stoke, you probably win three 0 We were yep. amazing. It's just unfortunate that Leicester are too good. Yeah, I think the Leicester manager said if had it had been a draw, it wouldn't have been a too disappointing result given given how Sunderland played that you were one of the toughest teams that they've certainly come up come up against. Um Patterson though did pull off some saves. Um happy with how that's going at the back though. Sorry. Um sorry, what was that? I don't know, Mike was dropped out of there, hold on. Sorry, so Patterson saved you from uh, a couple of extra goals going in. Yeah, um, again, this is brilliant. Top shot stopper. Ian, I mean, as much as I do think we played better than them still, I mean, Ian Acho had a great chance. Uh, I think it's Kai Seedy had two chances within a minute. So, he's, I mean, they could have been falling up, but Patterson, yeah, as much as his, his kick and leave something to the, uh, be desired, but his shot stopping is second and none. So, is somebody overlapping, Clark? And and problems these problems sort themselves out. Maybe I mean you could see obviously we've got Huggins second came off the bench yesterday, which is a big um, thing for us because he was he's always been a brilliant left back. Huggins isn't a natural left back; he's done well there. But um, if you could see second, because having a left footed left back 
allows that dynamic for an overlap. So that could definitely, definitely help us. And also, he's, he's a really solid defender as well. So we'll see. All right, we've well, done a lot of travelling this week, Jack. So you'll be glad to be uh, back at home, and I'm sure glad to be playing a Norwich side which um, just can't defend at the moment. We'll bring you back in a minute and have a chat to our Norwich fan. Tom, thank you, Jack, for now. In Norwich, um, travel all the way up to Sunderland this weekend, uh, trying to put the memories of Leeds games and Borough games behind them. Let's chat with Dom and let's see his views on both. Good evening, Dom. How are you? Good evening to you. Um, my face probably says a different picture to how I feel, but um, I was at the Middlesbrough game on Tuesday night under the flood, under the floodlights. Um, um, and before that, the Leeds game on, on Saturday. I'm a season ticket holder at Carroll Road for my sins. And uh, the Leeds game, we were 2-0 up at halftime. And, uh, you know, you think it's in the bag, don't you? But they say 2-0 is a, a difficult scoreline. Um, and then, I don't know what happened in the second half. We just gobsmacked with how we defended um and yeah Leeds came back and Farker um he did a he did one on us um as we are so used to him doing for us against Millwall and teams years ago um he 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 turned it around and got three goals and we lost and but we we knew it would happen we've got such a poor defense the worst defense in the championship i think um and it's just it's just so sad at, at Norwich at the moment we're we're a yo-yo club but the string is broken so um yeah <laughs> and then obviously we had Middlesbrough Tuesday night which I was at as well uh weren't expecting much I, pre- I predicted a scoreline would be 2-1 um and it was and um again just I think we 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 let a goal in um you know our own our own fault our left back Giannoulis, um sloppy pass, and it seems, yeah, we're we're in a bad place. Well, our our manager uh, Wagner, his uh, our fans are calling for his head, but I don't know if that will that will do it. Do yeah, anything. I was gonna I was gonna ask about that because in, if you go back to the Leeds game, I've, I've read a lot that the, the fans weren't happy with the substitutions, and that when it was two two, you know, mm. game management, you should expect managers. At that point, was was pretty poor. Did you subscribe to that view, or did you just come across a Leeds team that were just up for it more than more than you were? I mean, they're a good side, Leeds, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, Leeds are a good side, but um, when you're two nil up, I think you'd take two nil over nil nil at half time, and you'd expect to, you know, keep that lead. And it's, it's definitely game management. Wagner isn't is he's he's famous for having long runs of defeats. And he's just his subs. I mean, we've got no impact subs whatsoever. Our, our strike forces, Adam Ida and Huang from um, Korea, and they're they're atrocious. Both of them terrible uh, players. Um, we've got Barnes, Ashley Barnes, and um, Josh Sargent are injured long term. Um, uh, uh, um, Angus Gunn is injured as well, our goalkeeper. Uh, but. It's not. It's not even about injuries. I think we, as a team, we should be doing a lot better. We've got some great players like um, uh, Sarah and Rowe, um, and Rowe scored against Middlesbrough late on, but um, the scoreline didn't reflect the um, actual performance. And if you're letting in goals as simply as what our left back, who is a Greek international, um, is doing, then and we for the second goal, our defenders just just backed off completely. We we let their player. Uh, get the ball, um, it, and it just seems there's either a confidence issue or the players have lost all respect for the manager. So um, our sporting director, Stuart Webber, he's left the club in a terrible position. He's been there nearly six years now. 
um, people talk about is training facilities, um, but you need the players to be in those training facilities, and we've not, we're not, we're not getting the players um, trained to the standard that uh, our training facilities have, are. Uh, I think we're one of the only grounds or training grounds that have, uh, is it a Class A or, or Class One? I forget what they call it now, but one of the better training facilities. Um, and we're, we're not we're not producing enough. Um, so, as for Sunderland, um, I'm 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 fearful. I think we'll get we'll get beat again. Um, I predict three one to Sunderland. So. Um, not 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 ideal at all. And then we've got I think Cardiff and Blackburn up after that. So it just not not a good place. Going back to the defence there. I mean, first of all, a great goal by Rowe. I mean, the way that that was taken and, and sl- slotted in was just a thing of beauty, wasn't it? Um, Jamie it wasn't the winning goal, but I feel about Gibson and and fans don't want Gibson in this side. Who does he get replaced with? Is it is it? I don't know. Does it? Does Danny Bath get a game? What what what's your view on Gibson? Well, Gibson was bought for eight million. He was bought for the Premier League. Um, he's not even Championship standard. He gets paid forty thousand a year, and there are many fans that doubt his ability in the Championship. Um, you know, he was bought to help Norwich stay in the Premier League. That failed massively, um, and he makes so many errors. He's too slow. I mean, he's known as the oil tanker. Uh, at Carroll Road um, he's so slow and um, he's paired with Duffy who's equally as slow um, we've got Bath as you mentioned um, he was I believe he was uh, Sunderland's player of the year if I'm not um, wrong in, in saying that so why is he not played is uh, only only Wagner can answer that we've also got a young player um, Jack Warner I think his name is played against Fulham in the um, in the cup and he looked really good. Um, so why not? Why not? You know, blood the youngsters and give the 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 uh, two of Duffy and and Gibson a break. You, you before we bring back in, you you mentioned this is the end of the the yo yo spell for, for Norwich. I mean, you're not going to go down. That's that's pretty clear, isn't it? But <laughs> are you are you looking at that gap already? Dare we say the I word in in in, uh, in Ipswich? Um, you're looking at the gap between yourselves and those those two places two places now, and and fearing that this is now just going to be a team which is going for mid table mediocrity, and that's the best you can hope for. Yeah, I mean we've got a friendly rivalry with the boys down the road. My local baker is an Ipswich fan, and uh, whenever I go in for my 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 food, he he ribs me there. But um, yeah, the gap. I mean, they've been twenty years they've had um, in the championship and League One. Um, they had the same manager as we did, Paul Lambert. He he did good things for us, but he couldn't get them promoted. So yeah, I do fear um, that the the change of the guard, let's say, and um, the blue and whites are gonna. We've we've got them actually just before Christmas, so it could be um, a, a very sad uh, uh, Christmas for us uh, in yellow and green. Um, it's been 14 years since they beat us, and yeah, I, I fear now this is the time that they're gonna. Do one over on us or twice. Um, the, I mean, the, the, they look like like favourites to go up. Um, I think Leeds might catch them, um, and it would be Leicester and Leeds that go up as automatics, and then Ipswich would be in the playoffs. And I hope, I hope someone uh, keeps them down. <laughs> okay, both teams are coming into this squad with the back of three losses. Um, Jack, happy memories of Norwich. 
Well, I went to Norwich in March when we beat them 1-0. That was a fun away day. Um, we never tend to beat them at home, though, which is becoming a bit of a problem. We never, ever beat them at home. But at Carrow Road, we've got a good record. Beat them uh, the season we sent them down from the Premier League in about April, I think it was, and that pretty much put the, their final nail in the coffin. Um, so on the whole, yes, but the way we're playing at the minute and obviously we're at home, so not really. Okay. That's the conditions with Sunderland. Uh, Dominic, you've gone with a three-one. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah I, I think three-one to Sunderland. Uh, we just we can't defend, so any shot you have on target, uh, it will go in. We've got George Long in goal. He's not he's not great. Ex Millwall, I think Millwall were pleased to get rid of him. Um, so yeah, we've just you know all, all you've got to do is um, you know go around us as centre backs and you score. <laughs> Black prediction then, you've heard it, even your opponent is predicting you to win, but they haven't played, seen Sunderland play at home, have they? You're, you're much better away from home, or have been <laughs> up to this point anyway. Yeah, we don't tend to be very good at home. Um, I think every time I've been in this podcast, I've really chosen to win, and every time we've lost. So I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to I'm gonna say a conservative 1-1 draw between two struggling teams. I'll take that, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, thank you, fellas. Uh, enjoy the game. I'm sure we will. And uh, appreciate you coming on. And we'll catch up with you both next week. Um, thank, you. thank you both. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Coventry haven't lost two games on the spin since January, but Claudio, here we sit. Talk to us about it, please. Oh, dear, dear. Bristol City away, we were... Fantastic for 30 minutes. Really, really good. Hit the bar twice. Um, looked in total control. And it's one of those games where you sort of sit back and think it's just a matter of time. Um, but then, of course, we fell into the old habit of not taking our chances. And you know what's going to happen in this league. And it doesn't take much to go behind. And like I've said in previous uh, podcasts, if we go behind, we struggle to get in, get back into the game. The best we hope for is a draw. Um, so yeah, once we went behind to Bristol, I thought that's it. And then Bristol very cleverly saw the game out. We just had no um, response. Second half was poor as well. We just didn't come out, didn't look, I don't know, just disjointed. Um, there was no life in the performance. It was a weird performance from us. And of course, last night was just a shock that, um, fair place Rotherham because they could have run out five nil winners without doubt. They hit the post. Ben Wolves made two brilliant saves. We had chances, but I don't know, we just didn't look convincing at all. It was a, a pretty drab by us. And at least the manager came out and said afterwards, it's just not good enough and it's not what he yeah. expected. And he said it wasn't like us. But, you know, in the last three matches, we've had 39 corners, uh, 52 shots on goal. Uh, we've had one, we've scored one goal and that was a known goal which tells its story. We just aren't taking our chances. And I mean, it may be that come Monday, you know, the floodgates open, but I, I can't see that happening against the baggies. I just cannot see it. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's a strange performance that Rotherham won. And like you said, the manager came out and kind of said as much. It was very uncomfortable, like, wasn't it? I mean, is it, how far do you agree with the fact that, well, the comments on the coast is that new signings haven't, kicked on yet. I mean, you spent, you know, quite a bit of money. Um, replacements for the players that have left 
haven't really done the business yet. Would you agree with that, or is, is that unfair a third of the, third of the season in? I would say the ones who haven't done the business, the two lads up front, because the two wing-backs have been fine. The, the centre-halves have come in have been okay. But there's only so many times you can defend if you keep missing chances at the other end. But you, you do concede goals. That's that's football, isn't it? But if you're not if you're missing two or three a game, you know, it's it's putting more pressure on the defence. And yeah, there's we brought in a lot of players and we brought them in quite late, which is I think another issue. Um we found previously when we went up by the playoffs from League Two to League One that you'd you're already a month behind everybody else who aren't in the playoffs. And I think we suffered a bit with that in the close season because obviously you're playing the games and then people are already making signings in the summer and we didn't really start doing anything till the middle of June yeah. uh, in terms of maybe bringing in players in or you know, rumour which players are going to come in. Um, we just took a long time to get going, of course. And then the sale of Victor and... Uh, and Hamer going in after the season started didn't help. I mean, really, if he was going to go, he should have gone before the season started, which would have given us a, two or three more weeks. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to think it will get better. Well, it needs to get better because the last two performances just aren't good enough. Yeah. And, just, uh, just to win on a couple of players, Sakamoto um, yeah. has been brilliant having you so far. How's is, is he? Would you add him to your list of players that are? Um, doing okay, even though the rest aren't, or is he starting to fade as well? No, I, he played Saturday. He looked great. For half an hour, he was brilliant. And then didn't start last night, which was surprising. He played the lad from Brighton, Ayari, who is very lightweight, very lightweight, um, and loves to hit the deck quite quickly, which in the Premier League may get you free kicks. In the Championship, it gets you nothing. You know, even even their own, our own fans are going, get up. You know, you can't just fall down. It's not going to happen. But of course... We're playing the baggies, and historically, we've got a shocking record against the Albion. Um, I mean, for me, do do I love doing a bit of history bit? Um, I mean, I've been going for years, as you know, watching Coventry. So between seventy-two and eighty-six, we had an awful record against the Albion. I mean, I mean that obviously was in a period when um, West Brom were. I mean, they were such a good side, especially when Johnny Giles was there, and then Ron Atkinson took them on. And I mean, I used to hate them, not because of in a horrible way, just hated playing against them because we just they used to rock up in their green and yellow striped kit, looking huge. I mean, Cyril Regis, man mountain, he looked massive. I'm so glad we signed him after they got relegated. It was great. <laughs> but I, uh, but in those in that period, we played them 24 times. Um, we lost, uh, sorry, 29 times. We lost 20 times. We only won four. And that was only towards the back end of the 80s when Albin started to slip and end up getting relegated. But, and you know, every time we play West Brom, I just think, oh, you know, this is a tough one. And it's just just the way it is. I mean, yeah, yeah I think... Your you player who got then, the... Uh, it was a last-minute penalty, wasn't it, last year? Um, yeah, yeah, that was another the tough one. The 93rd-minute penalty you, you, you didn't beat them last year. But that player's no, not here anymore. Well, what's interesting about that is the admin were on a good run then and they came to us and we beat them with the last minute penalty. I think they won six in a row, Dan might say, or five in a row. They won a hell of a run and we beat them with a the last minute penalty and they started to slip down a bit. It was, um, we sort of rolled, we sort of took over their slot in that top six basically because, but I can't, I can't see us winning on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll bring, we'll bring Dan in. Thanks, Claudio. Pause there for a second. 
They were reviewing West Brom's trip to Coventry. It's a Monday night thing. Good evening, Dan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, so it's good to finally talk to an Albion fan on this uh, this <laughs> channel. So thank you for sparing us some time. Um, last two games we've seen uh, the Albion uh, incredible draw against Plymouth, and of course the Tuesday night um, QPR. Um, Penalty decision. Let's go for the QPR game first. Do you want to run us through that one? Um, well, to be fair, it was it was a very hard fought game. Um, QPR made us work very hard, but it just comes down to that we, we do a lot with the ball, but we don't get that final end product, and we, which is quite concerning actually, especially if like, we want to progress in this league and maybe get promoted. But yeah, it, it just comes down to that we, we're not we're not scoring enough anymore than what we used to. Um I don't know whether that's because we've only got like one fit striker and we have lost uh John Swift now for like six or seven weeks where when most of our chances are created. So yeah, um the game against QPR was it was horrible to watch at times because QPR just sat ten men behind the ball throughout the whole game. And Brady um is a joy to watch, isn't he? When he when he's running at defenders, I mean he's he's got some tricks and flicks, but crikey, when when he's when he's running at you, you know there's probably none better in the in the championship. Yeah, um, it's great to see him back to his uh, his old self, as as I say. Like when uh, when we first got him, he, he was phenomenal. Um, but I think it was just like a lack of confidence um, the past couple of years. But it, it just seems that like he's back to his old self again now, just running at players and. It, it is a joy to watch, actually. What job is Carlos doing with, with the players that he's got? I mean, there's, there's no pressure on him, is there, at the moment? And given what you, resources you've got available to you with injuries and, and financial limitations that he's got to work with, he's, he's doing a good job? Is that the view on the terrace? Yeah, is there any murmurings of discontent? Um, no, I, to be honest, I, I do think he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, this time uh, last year, like, we were rock bottom of the Championship under Steve Bruce. And then um, Carlos has come in and just turned the club around like, so much. Um, I think we went on a run of seven, eight games um, winning on the bank side. And then, um, yeah, and then, we, then we went to Coventry and lost. But, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I do think he's done a fantastic job for us. And you've got some interesting fixtures coming up, haven't you? Because you go to Coventry on... Um... On Monday night, and then you've got Hull, Hull at home and Southampton away before before the uh, for the international break. Which you've got teams in and around that kind of really bunched up, is in that middle of the park. So is it true we'll probably know more about where the baggies are going to be once once we hit the next international break? Yeah, um, to be fair, I, I don't really judge many teams until after Christmas because that's when um, the games start coming thick and fast, like around the Christmas period, and that's when you sort of judge um, where everyone's going to be. Yeah. And, and just a quick word on, on Calabar. Um, please start, please the starting to play. On, on Chalabar, um not going to lie, I wasn't his biggest fan uh, when he first joined and started playing a few games, but he has made me eat my words the past two games. He, he, has, he has been like, one of the standout players. What just for time before bringing in Claudio and look at the current game? What what are the realistic ambitions of, of Baggy's fans with with this team? Because I mean, you know, I've, I've got a lot of friends that are Baggy's fans, and they're very realistic people. 
Um, you know, there's no self-inflated egotism with Baggies fans. They know what they've got. Um, what, I mean, what are the ambitions? What would you be happy with? To be honest, for me, I wouldn't want us to go up um, this season um, because I, I don't think we're anywhere near ready. I, I don't think we've got that premiership quality yet. So I'm happy just to stay in a championship for maybe one, two seasons uh, and then see where we go from there. Because it, it don't help that our owner hasn't given us the money that he promised us when he first bought the club. But that's a completely different subject. And preferably like to see Wolves go the other way, I'd imagine. Oh, oh of course, yeah. There's a definite six points for us, that is, if, if they do come down. Okay, it's a Monday night feature then, Claudio. Um, team news, injury news, who'd you pick? Who'd you leave out? Um, I would uh, I'd bring Sakamoto in for Ayari. Uh, O'Hare played 15 minutes last night, so I'd love for him to start. Uh, but that would be unlikely. I don't think it will change much from uh, last night, to be honest. I don't think he can. He's, uh, he's a bit stuck until two or three come back. So uh, I just think Send them out again and, you know, sort yourselves out against the Albion, basically. Give them another shot. Um, I'm not going to condemn them yet. <laughs> it's too early for that. And you have to sort of put a bit of trust in Robbins. I've, I mean, he's done so well the last six or seven seasons. So, uh, I'll, yeah, Sakamoto, though, for me to come in and uh, possibly O'Hare, uh, depending on how fit he really is. Uh, Dan, happy memories of playing Coventry? Oh, of course. I, um, I remember in... I think it was in the FA Cup a few years ago. Um, it, was, it was a 3-0 win. And then I think there was another big big result we had against them before. But um past couple of years, it, it's been a bit hit or miss, to be honest. Yeah. And what about team news for you? Uh, injuries likely to start? Uh, well, to be fair, we're absolutely plagued with injuries at the mini. Um, I, th I think Cedric Kipre, um, I, I don't think he'll be starting Monday. So... I think that just makes way for one of the youngsters to come through. Um, but then we've also got uh, Tom Fellows, who I'd like to see get a few more minutes. because He looks very lively when he comes on. OK, this game was won by the home team in both fixtures last year. So let's get some predictions for Monday night. Claudio, where are you going with? Your old, the old enemy are back in town. Yeah, I uh, oh, we haven't lost at home this season yet, so that's one good thing. Um, Dare I say it, we're going to sneak a 1-0 and it's going to be desperate though. It's going to be one of the worst <laughs> games we ever witnessed on Sky. <laughs> I, that's the best we can hope for. I mean, I, I won't be surprised with a draw because we love to draw. But yeah. if we, like I say, if we take the lead, we rarely lose. So uh, hopefully a sneaky 1-0, only because we need it. Yeah, 89th minute winner off Ellis Sims' shit. Well, that's that's what we did last year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dan. Same question to you, please. Score prediction. Um, I think I'll go for a one nil as well. What doors? Okay. Right. Okay. Well, enjoy the game. Behave, both of you. Um, I'm sure it'll be a, a loud affair. Anyway, if not, uh, will be a will be a goal thriller, will it? I won't imagine. But um, nevertheless, thank you both for joining us, and we'll catch up with you both next week. Cheers very much. Fantastic. Cheers. Bye. The most argumentative footballing podcast. Okay, um, let's start uh, 
discussing QPR um, against Leicester this weekend. Um, are you fearing a cricket score, Jared? I or I've I've seen. I think it was a few years ago t- this week that they beat Southampton nine nil, and I I fear that it gen- genuinely could be a similar scoreline. I mean, I hope for your sakes not, because it would compound a a, a miserable miserable week for for Rangers. Yeah. Um, we look back then at um, the Huddersfield game when we when we last spoke. You were you were going to head to. John Smith Stadium, and um, you were perhaps hopeful of a draw, or even perhaps sneaking a win. And uh, you played very well, didn't you? But just let two goals in before you started to play well. Yeah, it was all it was all fine after twenty minutes. They, they actually played all right. I think the bar is so low that any any kind of performance where we score and create a couple of chances is seen as a good a good performance nowadays, but they just didn't give themselves a chance in that opening fifteen minutes. So, um, yeah, they could have nicked nicked a point. They hit, hit the post. Um, Armstrong probably should have scored the rebound, but but when you give teams a two 0 start, then there's not much chance. I, I don't think we've come from behind to win a game in over a year now. So, okay, let's um, let's put that to one side then. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Now, West Brom, I mean, this this was nil-nil for so long. Um, chances for both sides. Talk to us about this one, because this is probably it's, it's more harder to take, I'm guessing. Yeah, it, it was maybe the worst 45 minutes of football I've seen in a long time. If you get a chance, watch the highlights from the first half. I think they include two things. A shot that almost went out from a throw-in and a header that was about 20 yards off target. That was literally all that happened in the first half. And Ainsworth came out at full time and said our game plan was working up until the penalty, but there was literally no game plan apart from park park that bus and just hope to get a point. Now, West Brom aren't exactly setting the world on fire. Um, so to say the game plan was working, there really wasn't a game plan apart from just hope not to concede. And then you give away the most ridiculous penalty you're going to see. Have a man sent off for scuffing the penalty spot and coming on the pitch too soon after after having having treatment it just idiots basically yeah um i don't want to sound too depressive but is it, is it time is now thank worth you know a legend as a player great servant out of his depth at this level or is he or is he because of his status is he is he unsackable no, no. I would say ninety-five percent of the fan base now is fully behind a, ch- a change of manager, and um, a lot of people. It's just not. I think it's just not worked worked out for him. But I've got some stats here. So a year ago, on the twenty-second of October, QPR were top of the championship. Since then, we've won one home game. We've got twenty-three points from a possible hundred and two points. Ainsworth had 27 games in charge, lost 18 of them. We've only scored 19 goals in those games. Three teams have won more games at Loftus Road in 2023 than QPR. And Leicester have scored more goals in October than we've scored since April. So (laughs) it's time for a change. And whether or not they've got the finances to actually pay off another manager, that's another thing. But I think if they lose at the weekend... Which they're going to, I I think it'll be curtains for him because we've got Rotherham next weekend, which is going to be huge. So yeah, you know, Rotherham and Bristol City and then international break. Is it not the case that they're leaving 
in just those final games, just a chance to beat Rotherham and Bristol City and and, and then make a decision from there. Uh, I think most fans would have made the change at the last international break after that Blackburn game. Um, so to give them four or five more games where the gap at the moment is six points. So if somebody comes in and we're nine points off off safety or 12 points off off safety, it literally looks like an, an impossible job. Um, there seems to be lots of candidates out there that the fans would like. Neil Warnock's probably top of the list and it kind of makes sense because that would be a very short-term fix. There's no director of football, so you're not going to make a long-term appointment and you wouldn't trust the people in charge to make a long-term appointment either. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, would that be your first pick? Pardon? Would that be your first pick, sorry? I personally think Warburton should never have gone in the first place. Um, I don't think he would come back. Um, probably a couple of weeks ago, I was dead against Warnock coming back. I just think it's a very short-term appointment. The longer that goes on, the more I'm warming to it. And the other name that seems to be floating about is Michael Beale coming back. And again, two weeks ago, I'd have been like, absolutely not. And even there's part, there's part of me now that would be quite interested to see what would happen if that did happen. But probably Warnock or Eustace, but I'm not sure Eustace would have a a short-term impact. But okay. who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems a shame to sack a, a likeable fellow, but mm. it's come across in his interviews that he, he he's always one to never sort of blame the players. He doesn't hang them out to dry ever, does he? He kind of, you know, acts the lads and, you know, it's a project and so on. But there's a time and a place for that, isn't it? And you, fans just want him to come out and just say, yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> we're short of this area. That wasn't good enough. He, he's a nice guy, but he doesn't seem to be a, a cutthroat manager at this level. No, um, his pre-match interview for the Leicester game is 11, 11 minutes long. And again, it's all about that positivity, backing backing the players, saying the fans should get behind them because they're giving their all for the club. Um, and the players seem to be getting off with quite a lot, I think, from the fans. I think all, all the anger is aimed at the manager and the board, but they've kind of failed under three or four managers now. They had the massive dip under, under Warburton and then Beal's last five games, Critchley and now Ainsworth. So, uh, however, I do think they're being set up to fail by the manager. So, All right. Dare I ask for a score prediction then, um, QPR um, against Leicester? We've probably got our first four choice centre-backs injured or suspended for Saturday. So Steve Cook's a big doubt. Clark Salter's a big doubt. Jimmy Dunn's suspended. Morgan Fox is out till after the international break. Even if we had those four fit, I would give us no chance. But the fact that we're going to have a completely makeshift back three or back five, whatever he chooses to do. Um, and it's probably the first time I'll ever say this. If you offered me a 3 nil defeat now, I would probably take it. And the only, the only seed that is there is... When we went to Burnley away at the end of last season, we were all thinking the same thing there, that it could be an absolute cricket score. And they managed to pull out a 2-1 yeah. win. So there's that that tiny, the smallest glimmer that, who knows, maybe <laughs> maybe will surprise everybody. But I'll go three or four near, I think. All right. That's probably the first time on this podcast we've had a, a home supporter predict a 4 nil <laughs> loss. But Leicester are going to Right. Joe, listen, I really appreciate you coming on here every week. It must be torture for you listening to, you know, Middlesbrough fans. Yeah. Ipswich so fans. fans. It's the Ipswich fans. Ipswich, oh, yeah. Ipswich, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, You'll be here in one week. You'll yeah, it's quite therapeutic to talk about it, so. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
All right. Cheers, Jared. We'll catch you. Thank you. Cheers, Thanks. Thanks. Okay, it is Blackburn against Swansea this weekend. Let's catch up with our resident uh, journalist for Swansea. Richard, how are you? Ah, not so bad, Mark. You know, we've had better weeks, haven't we? But uh, yeah, we're still <laughs> plugging away. Um, we had we spoke last week about the chances of, of Swansea being the first team to, uh, well, the second team to dethrone Leicester. Um, you gave it a good go, didn't you, though? Yeah, the first half particularly, though, they, were, they were fantastic. You can't fault the effort of the players. Uh, I think we surprised Leicester slightly, you know, with them. Um, the amount of play we had on the ball, you know, we really give it a good go. And then we got rewarded with uh, Matty Grimes got a booty, uh, you know, lovely, lovely set piece, which we've been working on. You can clearly see that in training. That's starting to become fruitful a little bit. And um, ball came in, Grimes caught it beautifully, went in. Leicester, unfortunately, I think angered them slightly because, you know, they upped the gears then and uh, they, they did look a quality outfit in the day. Yeah, they're going to win the league, aren't they? I think so. They, you know, to bring on people like Ian Acho later on in the game, uh, you know, it's just so so fast. You know, tiring defence. You know, it was the big key point though from this game. I found was uh, we won it up coming into half time, looking pretty. I wouldn't say comfortable, but you know, we hadn't had that much to deal with uh, in general. And then you have that corner comes in. The big lad gets up there. He heads against the defender. The ball comes out. It just falls to Vestergaard, and he's just smashes it home from two yards. You know, it's 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 a bit of a gutter to go in there. It's given them the impetus to come in second half. Then they're on the front for all half. So backs against the wall. But we could have got something out of it. You know, we did have the odd chance as yeah. well. So uh, and then the, obviously they got the late one then to um, to seal it. Okay. Um, we'll chalk that one off, and then you head into the. Uh... The midweek game against Watford, and this should have been a should have been a home banker. But this was a, a strange game in the first half. It seemed like neither team could be bothered to play. It looked two very tired sides. How far would you agree with that? Well, I, th- I think you got to look at this one really as the, the amount of work that the boys put in on Saturday against Leicester is clearly taken it out of them. Um, it was slow. It was lethargic. You know, like you say, tired, tired players. He shuffled the pack slightly. We got a few injuries. We lost Josh Key last weekend, and I think he's started really well at fullback. His his forward runs really important to building our attacks. Really, uh, and I don't know for bringing Fulton, Fulton for Patino. I don't know. Not really sure about uh, why that was done. He didn't come on either, so perhaps he was carrying something. It wasn't discussed either. So it's one of those where. And as well, a big lad Kukurevich was out. You could have done with him later in the game. Um, but first off, yeah, like you say, Watford, they're aside. They hadn't won away from home since I was talking to a, uh, some of their chaps later on. And they, they were saying, I think it was January they hadn't won since. Yeah. Hadn't, kept back, hadn't won back-to-back clean sheets since the beginning of the year. Hadn't, uh, you know, it, the list went on on the stats there. It was, it's a bad result. And you could see it was a nil-nil game, let's be fair. Second half, you know, we we did try. We had we had chances to get uh, get the points. You know, we had a goal disallowed. Yeah, which, I was going to ask ask you about Christian Pedersen's disallowed goal. What was your what's your view of it? Well, it's a corner. Corner comes in. Big lad gets up there. You know, he got a good connection. And um, man, just furious after the match. He's uh, he's saying he can't see where the fouls come from. He's come back today in the press conference, and he's been told Ollie Cooper's. 
had a slight infringement. And, um, you know, <laughs> Duff being Duff, he, he said uh, he's five foot seven and about seven stone. You know, he can't really see where he's been penalised, you know, on this one. Neither could we. They looked at several angles, but it's that's what happened. We have to deal with it. And we didn't play great, but we did have extra chances as well. Harry Darling got up with a good header. There was... Uh, you know, saved well by their keeper. He pulled off a good one, shot from the edge of the box again, same player. But their lad, you know, in all fairness, we give him a bit of space and he was probably one of the better chances of the game of poor quality in final third. And he's just lashed it from 25 yards. It's just absolutely flown into the top corner. There's nothing you could do about them at all. So it's one of those ones, I think. Bad day at the office. Yeah. Um this one's going to be a uh, footballing purist, or well, one for the purists, I think, this weekend. Blackburn are a good footballing side, as are, as are you guys. Where do you see this one heading? Um, a tough place to go, Ewood Park? Yeah, we haven't had the best of times at Ewood Park in recent years. I think it's about nine nine visits since we've uh, managed to get a win up there. It's Last season, we struggled. We lost twice. Um, I remember the first game down here, we, it was the opening day last year, and the we got turned over there and uh, we lost away with late goal. I think it was, it was, um, I think it was defender scored and yeah, it's long trip up. The players have gone up today. So they're, they're training um, up at England's training camp, but where they travel halfway up, I think it's Leicester way in it. Um, so they're, they're going up then to the game then for the day. So it's less of a, an effort. Cause you've got to remember some of these long trips for us are, particularly hard on the lads who, especially when we got all these injuries as well, you know, they're carrying all that lactic acid. So it's it's going to be a tricky match, you know, and I, I think the only thing I can say is that the Watford game will spur them on to try and pull something out of this one. And I, I hope they do because, uh, you know, we had such a good run before the break. It's really frustrating now for, for the fans and for the manager to see it sort of all the hard work going kind of array and we're back down within the mix down the bottom end. Yeah, I mean, you've you've put that spell behind you, haven't you? The four wins you had on a trot, and you 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 certainly you certainly felt like you turned a corner in October. Yeah, the, the Watford one is is a, it was a strange one, isn't it? But like you say, they I think they went hell for leather to beat Leicester, didn't they? To put the real marker down and say, you know, we're going to be up there with you, and then yeah, just ran out of gas on, on Tuesday night. All right, let's get a prediction then. Uh, Blackburn Swansea, you've not been too far off with your predictions recently, so <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you see this one going? Right, well, we've won two in a trot on the way, so I'm going to go for an away win, pick up a bit more momentum, get back into the swing of things, and 2-1. Excellent. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Richard. Grand. Okay, take care. All right. Cheers. Cheers. 24 of the nation's most dedicated fans. Terrace Talk. Follow on X and Facebook. Okay, two clean sheets, two wins, and the first away win. In 290-odd days, nine months, you finally got it, Aaron. How are you? I'm amazing. I, I, I have been actually looking forward to coming on here and talking. <laughs> because we finally had two, two games worth talking about. It's um, uh, it just those 290 days going up and down the country watching absolute rubbish. It's just... It's it's come to fruition. We've finally got a win, and it's 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 an amazing feeling. Yeah, let let's go back in time a little bit. Then let's talk about um, first of all the the Champion Wednesday game. Um, obviously, obviously a nervous game, but in the second half, you you were clearly the better side, yeah, and, and deserving winners in the end. Yeah, um, 
I'd actually say that Wednesday were probably the better team for 65 minutes. I think even just coming out of the second half, they still look the more likely to score. And I think the game all hinged on the changes. I, I think Valerie Nishwell deserves great credit for that. The uh, additions of uh, Ken Semmer coming on, um, Kone coming on, and obviously the goal scorer, Espria, completely changed the game. And um, it, it, until then, we were, I was convinced we were going to lose. But yeah, no, absolute credit to him for that. He, he They really changed the game. Yeah, Spiller in particular is very creative, isn't he? He, he gets, he looks looks for the forward pass. What very brief things I've seen of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is without a doubt our most creative player. I think even with his, with his limited minutes, I think the stats even show that. I think because he's so young, only recently turned nineteen, uh, they're probably trying to ease him in a bit more. Obviously, we know how tough the championship is as a league. He's still quite slight. He's not really got the physicality that many of the other players have. So I think they're sort of being cautious with his minutes. Okay. All right, then let's go to um, the Swansea.com stadium. Um, it's Tuesday night. You're there. Um, and that's in the 2nd of January 2023 of this year. Norwich away was firmly probably etched in your minds. The last time Watford mm-hmm. uh, won away from home. Through the game, first of all, because uh, we we spoke to uh, Richard from Swansea, who said both teams really couldn't, really didn't look fussed about who won in the first half. But second second half, something changed, and and it was um, obviously it's long ball, which you'll have a view on, um, and then you won. What's it? Yeah, I mean, and it was almost a repeat uh, again. Once again, the bench changed the game. And in this, it was Ken Semmer having a huge impact again, obviously, with the goal, who's personally of the current squad, he's my favourite player. So that was even better to see him score. He's um, he's just the most amazing guy and he's such a good representative of the club. He's like the big fan's favourite at the moment, I'd say. But no, yeah, I, I think that assessment's right. The first half, it was really lethargic. There wasn't really much going for everyone. We had a decent chance of a header from Bio. That was a save and a rebound from Clambin that he rolled into the keeper's hands, right, sort of right at the end of the first half. That was the first sort of sight of goal for anyone. Um, yeah, it come out of the second half, it was a bit more of the same. I will say that I would be frustrated at the disallowed goal if I was a Swansea fan. If that was our goal, I I, I, I wouldn't be having that at all. I, I, I think. The foul was was minimal at best. It was very soft. But um, hey, look, it, it, it was nice to see one go our way, and then to, to get the goal sort of in the la- in the last ten in the last ten minutes as well. As a fan going away, you always love it when you win in the last sort of ten minutes. It, it, even the injury time, you can make it. It always it's that bit sweeter, isn't it? Was it in the back of your mind that we were going to equalise? You must you must have thought this is not going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I I I'm I'm just I'm over the moon. Like like yeah, 295 days. It's it's just it's crazy. Uh, we have so many stats like that as a club. Like I, I mean, I heard the QPR fan earlier mention their one home win. Well, can you guess who that was against? Um, <laughs> what often we're known for being that that stat for everyone, and it was it's just to get over that away day hoodoo and the clean sheet hoodoo is amazing. And I think we go into Saturday with a lot more confidence. 
and yeah, just finally on, on Ken Summer, you, you mentioned it there, but his post-match interviews was just a, a delight to listen to. As a, as a young, as a young footballer who clearly enjoys playing football. Oh, absolutely! I've had the pleasure of meeting and speaking to Ken as well, and he's just—he's such a gentleman on and off the football pitch. I personally, if you were to say Aaron pick Watford's captain, I would hundred percent give him the armband. He's just, yeah, I, I couldn't love him anymore. Well, all right, let's uh, let's bring in Will and talk about Watford and Millwall. Stay there, one right there. Good evening, Will. Good to have you back. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, I'm not bad. Yourself? Yeah, good thing. Let's let's wind the clock back to last lunchtime, last Saturday lunchtime against Preston. First of all, Preston scored first, but then you grew into the game and equalised. And could you have won that one? Uh, I reckon it could have gone either way, really. Um, like I said, like I said in the last thing, I, th- I thought it was going to be a scrappy game anyway. It was going to be um, that one team was going to nick it, or it was going to be a draw. Um, realistically. It's a good result, considering what happened. I take a point away. Not too bad. We then moved forward to Blackburn. We looked a lot better, like a lot better. Their first goal was offside. Should have been a penalty as well. But we move. We'll go with that. Um, but we, to be fair, even though we lost the game, we looked at it and you're like, all right, we, we, we do look okay. Maybe the like the sheer panic of it all going before wasn't as, wasn't as bad. And you look at the squad and you actually realistically look at it, you're thinking, all right, we might be all right. We just need to get the right person in. But then I can't, uh, it's going to be Muscat, like I said to you in the last one before, though. who else is realistically going to do that? I see something the other day, apparently we've approached Neil Warnock. Could I ever see Neil Warnock again in a Millwall tracksuit? Highly <laughs> doubt it. Um, so there's the, the names that are around that, like, if it Millwall, if it was another club at Millwall, you might see us get that person but the people that are around they're not really people you'd associate with Millwall in the slightest yeah talk about the Blackburn game a little bit for me because I watched a, a little bit of, well I've watched the highlights obviously you were there and, and saw the whole thing Blackburn obviously looked a little bit more fluid than, 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 than Millwall but the long balls up at door um, they seem to be having persistence with this with this approach and, and most of those balls don't seem to stick um, and therefore, obviously, the, the ball gets returned to the, the goalkeeper or the defender, and, and you, you, lose, you lose possession. What is it with that? Surely, it's time to give it up now, isn't it? I, I think by looking at Adam Barrett's taking over, it seems to be reverting back to sort of like Harris style football that we used to see. That was that long ball again when we had Gregory up front. Seems to be the same sort of system. Like if we're going to play that game, at least have a striker that can maybe. Get ahead of them defenders. Like, I mean, these are not, not exactly tall strikers that we've had in the past, like in the past, in it and not doing it now. Seems like we're reverting back to that. But like I said, I don't didn't think we played overly that badly. Um, there was obviously that point say you would say, yeah, we could have done better, but it could have been worse. I don't actually like, looking at it now. I think like I said to you, I think all it is now is finding stability. Yeah. Is the Suns chairman gonna be all boisterous and try and throw himself into this and it could really work. Like I said to you before, it could could be one of the best things that's ever happened or it could go the opposite way. Yeah. I think and, and now we've got coming up against Watford where they're on they've won the last two games, but then they're sort of equal wins, equal draws, equal losses. 
again, it's another game that could realistically, I'd say, go either way. Yeah. Uh, just a word on, 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 on Mitchell, because there's a lot of fans that I, that I saw where we're a little bit frustrated since he's back in the team and, and don't seem having a place. And actually, once, once he went off against Blackburn, he looked a better, looked a better side. Where, where, what's your view on, on, on that particular setup? Um, I, I don't know. I think that we're just lacking something. It's like desire. I don't know whether you look at it. Sometimes you look at players and they like they you look and they really want to play for the team. Um, I don't really think any of these players really look like they want to play in a in a Millwall shirt. I think at the end of the day they look like they're just there to collect their wages. But like I say it's not that bad. I think, like I said, you get the right person in. You got a good group of players. You get them motivated and. I said you get a, a setup, it it will work. I think you know, can we could really flow into something. But again, it's it's crucial who they appoint and whether it flips to the players or whatnot. Okay. And then just a final one. How how good is Norton Coffey? Um he is a very, very good player. Um I reckon we can see better from him. But he's he's a he's a good he's the sort of sort of player that we want, I think. Yeah, you hang on to him because the performances have been, you know, really consistent. But if you're down in the bottom, then he's, he's going to get picked up, isn't he, by other other teams? Pardon, sorry, I couldn't get that. It went a bit muffly there. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, say, do you think you'll hang on to him because clearly he's a stand one of the standout performers for you this year? Um, past the loan spell, um. I don't. I don't know. It's not like Midlife City. Millwall a lot of. Uh, I've seen to be a club that would take these a lot of players on loan after time, and you never see really seeing them again. Yeah, and again, you don't really want to get attached to a loan player. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see him there. That would be a great, great Millwall signing. Um, probably again is if if we as I said, if we don't get the right person, don't get the right sort of system, he'll get. He won't stay on us past his loan period. I don't think. All right, Watford uh, this weekend. Uh, you did the double over them uh, last season. So, um, what are you hopeful for this week? Uh, I think I think we've got the ch- a chance of winning it, but I think also they have as well. I think it's again like when you look at this, this similar sort of results we've had on had a bit more, few more defeats lately, but similar sort of positions in the table, week one points, matter of three goals difference between us. I, I could I'd like to say 2-1, 2-1 to us. Right, you two then. How's it going to go? Watford, Millwall. Millwall had the better of Watford last year, didn't they, Will? Um, you see that happening again? Uh, yes. I, even though they're on a bit of the art, uh, like I said, I don't think we particularly played well. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty even game. But I can see us I can see us getting this one, to be honest. I can see us this being the game that sort of sets us a bit off to a bit more of a stable sort of play and stable sort of steady winning draw hopefully fingers crossed well okay Aaron um, come back to that then yeah I think you're totally right I think they more than had our number last year the away game was absolutely sickening it's one of the first times at a football match I think I just I didn't even bother coming out to the stand for the second half I stayed in the concourse it was that bad it was an absolute nightmare Um, look like I said these two wins hey we weren't perfect with them but the confidence boost cannot be understated. They look like a different team out there as players in the sense that they're, they're, they're going the extra mile. 
and they're really fighting for each other. And I think that can only lead to a much better performance. I, I think we can win this game. Obviously, Mill haven't got a manager yet, I believe. Uh, I'm hoping that still sort of unsettles them a little bit. Um, definitely got to watch out for Zian Fleming. I think he's quality. But um, no, I, I think we're I think we'll win 2 1. All right. Right. We'll wish you both luck then. Um, Watford yeah. against Millwall. Enjoy the game, both of you. Behave yourselves as well. And we'll catch up with you both uh, next week. All right. Cheers, fellas. Sit out, Mark. Terrace Talk. Okay, it's Ipswich against Plymouth, two promoted sides meet um, this Saturday. Um, good evening, Ian. How are you? Yeah, we're we're still riding that crest of a wave <laughs> towards the Premiership. Um, here's a nice stat for you. I, I read this morning, Kieran this side are the first promoted team in any English division to start a season with 10 wins in the opening 12 games. That is incredible, isn't it? No, I mean, it was a couple of weeks back where I think Leicester broke one of the records. Uh, and now with, like I say, with the first team across any tier to to keep winning that many games in its, in its first promotion year. So, yeah, I mean, people keep saying that, yeah, well, give it six games and it will change. And then it's, well, give it 12 games and it will change. And then you've got no depth. And I'm like, well, what depth are you guys referring to that we don't have? Because, you know, we're... We've got depth if we need it, but if depth was such a key player, how come other teams are struggling to get consistent results? So I don't really get that. I don't buy into that. Okay. Nine points here with a game in hand. You go to the Premier yeah. League, aren't you? Yeah. Well, there'll be some fans probably saying about how, you know, that's it. That's us done. I mean, I, I'm not sure at which point you kind of turn around and say, okay, there's, there's a couple of a couple of horses that are running away with the race here. And like as someone said to me today, you know, some teams are about as many points closer to being in second as they are to being 18th or 19th. So that middle pack is still too big, I think, to turn around and say, yeah, there's there's a few front runners at the moment. I mean, Leicester, everyone's saying that they're they're storming away with it. But when we play our game in hand, if we win that, it's only a couple of points. We're playing in boxing day, so. It could be winner takes all come Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be a tasty one that one. You got Norwich, I think, the week before, you know, week after as well. Yeah, so. we got yeah, we got some big fixes. Yeah. Okay. So, what Bristol City then? Obviously, Rotherham was was called off, so we won't. We can't review that one. But we'll talk. We'll go through Bristol City game. What was your view of that? It's a tough place to go, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a long journey. I mean, we took three thousand fans, which I think is is outstanding on a Wednesday evening. But yeah, I mean, it, it not playing Rotherham. Some might say, well, yeah, you know, you got an extra week to prepare. But it was evident when we started in the second half, certainly, that we just weren't as crisp as we have been in previous games. And I think that having such an extended break was probably going against us rather than helping us, to be honest. So um, we got the result in the end. Uh, Bristol, credit to them. Second half, they really kind of started, you know, putting us under a lot of pressure. Um, and, you know, that's what happens when you when you start to mess around at the back. You invite those opportunities for a team. I think, you know, nothing against Bristol, but I think there are a couple of other teams we've played this season so far would have potentially put us to the sword and at least got a draw out of us, maybe maybe even a winner. Okay. And just a win on Broadhead, who's, who's now your leading scorer, I think, with, with six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. He's unplayable, isn't he? Uh, 
I have to say, he's gone away with the Wales team, come back, and it hasn't impacted him in any way negatively. You know, he's he's learning his craft. He's still a young player. It's been yeah, it's been really good to see him. And he, you know, it, it's it's not it's not knowing where the goal is going to come from. And Ipswich, you've got Broadhead who can score. You've got Broad, Hurst is up front. You've got Chaplin leading scoring the league last year. I mean. I just don't know as an opposing team who you would pick out as a marking player to start with without allowing somebody else in. Plymouth then this weekend. Um, here's a controversial statement, but I'll, I'll say it to you anyway. Is it possible that Ipswich might have a bit of a mental block when it comes to Plymouth, given given results against them last season? Right, you know, Ipswich and Plymouth were on a they were on a fantastic journey both last year. Both teams are really enjoying the whole season. I mean Sheffield Wednesday were as well until you know the last four or five weeks. But um we went to Home Park and we were leading. I think we're the only team that looks like we were gonna get a win at Home Park and then they smashed two goals against us. I think um in the 75th minute they took the lead. That that was a kick in the teeth. Brought them back to Portman Road, we're winning, and they got an equaliser in the 93rd minute, which again, yeah, you could say that it's going to turn out to be a mental block, but it's only one season. You know, previous to that, we've not really been either way with Plymouth. We haven't seen them as a bogey team. We haven't seen them as a walkover either. But um, yeah, I think that you could potentially say that all bets are off for Saturday. You know, the two the two best teams in the league won last year by a mile. And you know, it's probably got one one written all over it as a as a game. But yeah, I would I wouldn't say our current position in the championship is is anything to gauge the, the result on at the moment. I mean, like I say, two two promoter teams. It will it will feel like a cup tie, and I know that Plymouth will bring a they bring a crazy green army with them as well. So the atmosphere. I mean, it's been sold out for three weeks. The game, so that's pretty good going. Right, we'll catch you in a second for predictions and team news. Thank you for that. Pause there for a minute. Here's some good results for Plymouth um, in the last seven days. Let's review them with our, our fans from the Green Army, Jaden and Craig. Good evening to you both. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Okay, Jaden, let's start with the West Brom game, shall we then? Um, what was your view of the uh, of the game last weekend, Jaden? It was a hard-fought draw? Yeah, I, I said it would be no-no and, you know, it it was a game that I I kind of expected, but we we hit the post and then we we had some other chances. But I mean, I think we were we we were actually the better side. But yeah, they 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 couldn't really they they didn't have much attack going forward. Yeah, the reports were that Plymouth could have could have won that had your know, strike force been a little bit more accurate with their with with their. Uh, I was in Craig, you were there as well. What was your view of it? Um, I thought we were very disappointed not to win the game, to be honest. I thought we should have, on the balance of play, probably won the game. The, you know, chances, you know, Morgan Whitaker, you know, hits the post. But, you know, they threw us the kitchen sink us in the second half and we come up with a fantastic point away from home. So I was very happy with the result. OK. And then, of course, this week, um, a nervous game, Sheffield Wednesday at home, given, obviously, the bottom of the league. And, you know, you, you're obviously looking for wins, aren't you? Jaden, um, nice result in the end, but... Sheffield Wednesday played well, didn't they, the first half? Yeah, lovely result, but they were at, yeah, they were the better side in the first half. And then uh, we scored two goals in four minutes. So Bundu with the free kick, just that that got us going, really. 
Yeah, and, and, and Craig, um, I mean, it's some free thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some freak. I just want to elaborate on Jaden's point there. Just to let everybody in the championship know, if Argyle play like that week in, week out, and if Sheffield was near a better side, we go down, we, we, we will lose that game in the first half. I thought if they take their chances, we will get punished. And I think we were very, very lucky to get away with some of the chances that we conceded. But it was a hell of a goal by our staff, do definitely. Yeah, and Bumbrew made his first debut, I don't think, in that game, did he? His first league start, anyway. He's done a yeah. few substitutions. Um, what's your view? What's your view? Both of you have been on him so, so so far. I mean, he deserves a start now against Ipswich, surely. Um, I would say no. Um, I'd say just because he scored a free kick doesn't mean he gets an automatic right. You know, passage in the team for me. The the go to guy for Plymouth Argyle was of course our number nine, Ryan Hardy. You know, he scores the goals on the big occasions when we need him the most, and you know. Just because he scored one free kick doesn't mean I'm a massive Ryan Hardy fan. You know, he got a lot of stick last season in League One for his performances, but I'm a massive defender of Ryan Hardy and I'll back him to the end. I think, you know, he's the go-to guy for Plymouth. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think Bindu does probably deserve a start maybe on one of the wings. I think Mumbers, it's about time he gets a rest. He's played many, uh, a lot of games in a row. But yeah, I think Hardy Hardy is still the go-to guy. Okay, just a word on, on Michael Cooper as well, who who played um, on, on Wednesday as well. Obviously, nice to see him back, given obviously the horrific injury that he's had to put with. Um, how did he do, Craig? Um, I think he did all right. Um, distribution was good. You know, he commands his box. As you can see, I've got him in the background picture there. He's one of our own. You know, he's brilliant. You know, just a bit shaky, you know, with his um, coming from crosses. But obviously, he doesn't want to get himself injured. Obviously, you know, against Sheffield Wednesday, they did injure him last season. So, I think he was just trying to, you know, save himself. But all good round performance in Michael Seat, Cooper, clean sheet. Okay. And Edwards, Jaden started as well, I believe. How did, how did he do? Sorry? Edwards came into the side on Wednesday, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's fine. Um, just yeah, he he does the job really. He he's very consistent. Great. Okay, let's look towards Ipswich then. Fond memories of last year of this team. Oh, oh, most, oh, oh, most definitely. I thought Plymouth Argyle were the best side in League One by a million miles. No, no disrespect to Ipswich. No disrespect to Wednesday. Everybody writ us off. The the pundits writ us off. The betting companies writ us off. We deserve to get promoted one hundred and ten percent. You know, Stephen Schumacher is one of the most underrated managers in you know the English football, and I think. If he gets Plymouth Argyle towards the upper stages of the promotion places, seasons going down the line, I think you know he will be a top top coach. Okay, let's bring in Ian then. Thank you. Let's just stay there one second, fellas. Okay, Ian then. Your views on Plymouth? Um, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a game of talisman. I think Cooper's back for Plymouth now, and he was a fantastic goalkeeper. He really is, and I know that he brings a lot of. Um, Confidence in the team. For us, it's Wes Burns. He's out injured with the shoulder. So I think it's really going to come down to uh, Kieran McKenna's choice of who he brings on the right wing. Jake Jackson's his normal go-to man, but he wasn't that great at Bristol. He's, he's one of his poorer games. So it's potential to see Amari Hutchinson start. And if he does, there's going to be fireworks. I mean, the guy is, is, is amazing. I want to always say it's just going to win, but something saying it could be another one of these one-all draws with a with a heart-stopping last-minute goal from either Plymouth or Ipswich. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a one-all draw, unfortunately. 
bit of deja vu from last year, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, Jaden, let's get a prediction from you then, please. Yeah, I I think one one as well. I think uh, I'll I'll go member to score. Nice one, and uh, Craig. Uh, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jordan Houghton to score. I think he's gonna get our defensive midfielder. I think he's gonna get a goal from a corner. It'll be one one as well. Okay. Do you um, just before we let you both go? Obviously, you you've played Sheffield Wednesday this week. Do you do you have any sympathy given that you know the three of you came up together? Uh, for how for how difficult they're finding this league and how relatively easy, obviously, Plymouth are finding it, but how, how much of a stroll it is for Ipswich. Um, I have no sympathy for Sheffield Wednesday whatsoever. Obviously, what they did to Michael Cooper in, in regarding that incident, I have no sympathy whatsoever. I hope they go get, get relegated, in my opinion. They're, they're going down. They're gone. In my opinion, they're gone. Yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> 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 Jaden, uh, you know what? I I would have I would have a lot of sympathy, but after that statement the owner put out, and then the sacking of Darren Moore, uh, the undeserved sacking of Darren Moore before the season had even started, yeah, I can't have any sympathy for a club run like that. Um, Ian, you've got any heart? Yeah, I feel so, I feel sorry for Darren Moore because he tried to build a team, and there's players in that Sheffield Wednesday team still there, like Gregory and. I just don't know what's going on. I mean, they've got great fan following, but a lot of forums, there's a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans who are quite full of it. So you get what you sow. And karma can be a bitch. Pardon my French. <laughs> All right. Unipromoted sides don't sit together. All right. Thank you for joining us, folks. Enjoy the game. Ipswich against Plymouth on Saturday. Enjoy it, folks. We'll see you. Catch you next week. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers Mark. Thank you. The most argumentative footballing podcast. Okay, let's talk to the happiest man in the world, uh, Chris, our resident <laughs> Middlesbrough fan. I don't know what I'm running out of things to say to you each week, Chris. To be honest with you, um, you just keep winning. It's a bit rude, isn't it? <laughs> I know you keep asking me each week. I'm feeling, but I literally always give you the same responses. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, it's just it's it. always there. It's so refreshing seeing our team win week in week out. It's not very the norm for us, uh, but Michael Carrick just got something magic happening at the Borough and. Uh, it's been just over a year since he was appointed as manager and what progress he's made in, in a year is, is, is nothing short of astounding. Yeah. Let's go back to last Saturday then. So Wayne Rooney and Birmingham were in town, obviously, for the first time together. Um, you could have won that 4-5, or five, couldn't you? Yeah, there's so many chances that we missed. Um, I think if we lost, if we didn't, if Morgan Rodgers didn't score in the 90th minute, it would have felt like a loss. There was so many chances that we just we just couldn't finish. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous what Birmingham have done, getting rid of a manager when they're doing so well. And now they're already calling Rooney out and he's already had two games in charge. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably was probably great though, I think, in that game, wasn't he? He, um, he, kept, them, mm. he kept them well in it. Let's, let's talk about the Norwich game then. So that was a little bit, more, a little bit different. You had to hang in there and, and Norwich played, had some spells in that game which were, which were really good. What was your view on that game? Well, not only are they your 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 club, like your your fans as well. One minute they're absolutely cheering on the team, as soon and then ten minutes later they're all booing. They were proper booing at half time as well, um, from what I was witnessing. Um, but there's just a lot of toxicity going on with with Norwich at the moment. I think they're so used to being up the top end of the championship, but something's happening with them. But personally, it was a fantastic game. I think it's a shame that we conceded 
um, a goal in, in you know in, in in stoppage time. But to be to be uh, win two one, I'm very happy with the result. Um, I think we played. It wasn't to be honest. It wasn't even our best game at all, which shows the progress we've made. Because if we played like that at the start of the season, we easily would have lost two, three, four, maybe four nil. Um, but yeah, like I said, considering it wasn't our greatest game, um, you know, there's still some fantastic individual performances. Um, shout out to Lucas Angle as well because his first couple of games uh, for Borough as well weren't very impressive at all. Um, he was absolutely shopping against Chef Wes and people are calling him out already. But since O'Brien got injured and he came in, he's been absolutely fantastic. And he's already had man of the match performances at his last three games. So it's really good to see. OK, what is the chink in this armour then? I've read some reports that Coburn is, is not receiving the, the best best reviews and he's replacing. Would you go along with that? Is 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 he the weakest link in this otherwise slick team? I, I, I don't think he's the weakest link in our team at all. I don't think... Personally, I don't think anyone is at the moment. I think the the weakest link is is the minority of fans giving him abuse on Twitter. When you know he's he's twenty years old, he's still very young. He got the assist the other night um, for us. I think he's a fantastic player. His hold up player is brilliant. You know, he's an aerial threat. He's tall. Um, he's not the fastest, but he's so direct going forward. Um, but like like I said, he, he's he's still improving because that's what some Bora fans do, which is quite unfortunate. Is they'll see a player. They'll play a few games where they're at, at the best, and then all of a sudden they'll come out of nowhere and they're fantastic. Lucas Engel's a you know a, a massive example of that. But I do rate Coburn, and I hope he starts on Saturday. Um, I just think as soon as he scores, he'll keep scoring. He was fantastic on the line of Bristol last season, and some people are saying our league's one um, is his level, but I really don't think that. As he's such a fantastic player, he scored against Tottenham in the FA Cup. He's not just one of our you know youth players. He's he's a fantastic prospect in the squad. Okay, we'll bring in Stoke. Um, what do you think of Stoke this this season? You're probably playing them at the wrong time, aren't you? Oh, sorry, I thought you asked. Oh, no, sorry, would you repeat that question? Sorry, I'll that, we'll do that a bit again. Sorry. <laughs> I totally got lost there. Sorry, sorry. no, it's my fault. All uh, right, um, we'll do it again. Um, right, we'll bring in Stoke in a minute. But um, what's your views on Stoke so far? You're probably playing them at the wrong time, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been looking at Stoke's form the past few games and they're quite unpredictable in that sense because as long as the score's there, um, you know, and, and beating Leeds the other night is, uh, or was last night, wasn't it? Um, doesn't give me great hope because Leeds have been fantastic this season. However, with our form at the moment, I, I'm really confident going into the weekend. I know Stoke are a good side and the, you could say one of our bogey teams um, because we tend to struggle quite a lot against Stoke playing them, but I, I am really confident, like I said, this weekend, and I think it's coming at a great time. It'll be a good test for us as well, because if we want to win games, we've got to win, we've got to beat the teams that are in good form as well. Right, we'll catch up with you in a second for a prediction. Stay there one minute, let's bring in Liam. What a fantastic seven days for the Potters. Good evening, Liam. You've got a smile on your face. Good evening. Oh, for the first time in a while. Yeah, for the first time in a while I have. Um. Yeah, two unexpected results, much needed. Well, certainly, certainly much needed. Yeah, but let's let's go back to the the uh, the Sunderland uh, result. Uh, first of all, um, played well, didn't you? Played well. Um, I think we we've played better and lost, and we will play better and lose other times. Um, but I think what's happened lately is the newer players, the players who haven't played in the Championship, have started to realise that that. They've got to do the fundamentals first. They've got to do the basics. 
stay in the game, and then you can play. And that's what we've done in the past two games. Yeah, I mean, back back victories uh, for the first time this this season, and that his result. Okay, I mean, the penalty uh, from Bamford was was a shocker, and I suppose if that goes in, perhaps it's a different story. But how much do you think the introduction of, of Wesley swung that match in in your favour? Um, well, like like I said last week, um, having Vidigal and Ryan Meyer come back into the squad, we haven't had to get play together since the first game of the season. Um, it gets you to use Wesley how he is intended to be used, which is what we're signing for. You run a, you try and run a defence ragged as much as you can, and then you put this six foot six, whatever he is. He's the biggest football player I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything like it. Put him on, and um, he just turns into an absolute... Um, it turned into carnage, and yesterday he uh, he caused havoc when he came on. Yeah, what what did you mean to mean? It's a strong lead side, isn't it? But that was yeah, it's probably, it was, yeah, <laughs> it's probably a gritty performance that we've seen from Stoke this year. Something was missing previously in the international break, wasn't it? This yeah. this grit, this determination, this hard work, and this this ethic that he's, he's you've seen now in two games. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, lead squad when we took Joel Perot. Um, Jaden Anthony and um, Nonto off. I bought Dan James on, Patrick Bamford and Somerville. And I was just, I was just sat at the game thinking, what's happening? What is happening here? Um, but yeah, they're showing a lot more fights. We've got um, uh, Keanu Hoover was was unreal and he started showing a bit more in his defensive duties. Luke McNally seems more like the player he was that everybody was raving around about at Coventry last year. Because he started off quite, uh, he started off quite poor in all honesty. But the main difference has been Ben Pearson and Walter Berger in the centre of the pitch. Um, they've they've really started taking command of the games now, it, defensively and and going forward. Well, um, we mentioned your light show as well. Um, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought that was Bamford was aiming to take the lights out with that penalty. I thought that's what, yeah. what I was going for. Yeah, but it was different. <laughs> I saw a few Leeds fans having a little rave on the back row as well, so yeah. it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah, it's nice to know that my uh, my bet three six five losses are being put to good use in the, in the yeah. of, of stuff. <laughs> right, okay, let's bring in uh, Chris Armilsworth fan and let's have a preview for this game this weekend. Okay, two resurgent sides then meet uh, Middlesbrough against Stoke. Chris, let's get your predictions for this one, shall we? Yeah, I mean Stoke have been fantastic, especially in the past week or so. Absolutely given granted, but. I think us winning our last seven games in all competitions, I'm really positive going the game, so I'm going to go 2-0 Borough. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Liam, uh, happy memories of trips to the Riverside? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, last season, it's when we had that uh, run of form over a month, where we beat Coventry by four and Sunderland by five, and I remember a lot of middle fans saying we were probably one of the better teams they saw when we drew with them, 1-1. Um, so, yeah. Generally, not a good place to go, though. Overall, in all honesty, <laughs> and I'm guessing the last place you want to visit uh, when yeah. they're on such a good run, aren't they? Um, predictions, then? Surely, surely they can't win seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it's a step too far. Without at the minute, I think I'd snap your hand off for a point. But I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go two-one. Borough, I think they'll, they'll edge it. 
we like we like sensible predictions yeah and uh yeah i just love chris's smile it's just it's lovely to see me <laughs> that's, you know. that's what happens after six wins in a row Absolutely, uh, yeah. smile, don't worry. it's just it's just a nice change from when i first started coming on this podcast it was a very much different emotion that was uh, showing on the camera <laughs> I was going to say, surely, surely there's some booze around the Riverside in some of those early games. You were uh, having to go at uh, Norwich fans. Yeah. You didn't realise that the first six weeks actually count. <laughs> yeah. it's the same as last season. I don't know what I don't know yeah. what um, happens at the start of season every yeah. year, but it, it it certainly works. Yeah, well, we need somebody to catch Leicester and Ipswich, don't we? Maybe maybe the Borough are going to be the side to do it. Who knows? Right, thank you, folks. We will yeah. see you uh, next week. Enjoy the game. Thanks for joining us this week. Next week it is Leeds and Leicester. And by goodness, we're looking forward to that one already. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Terrace Talk.